0: Hi, this is Brian Hughes with uh, 3rd Degree Burn. This episode just happens to be an unintentional crossover with Back to the Bins. See, we'll be covering uh, issues 138 of Daredevil and issue 20 of Ghost Rider. And Back to the Bins this week just happened to be covering issue 21 of Ghost Rider. So they're continuing the story where we left off. So after you listen to us... Go to back 2truefreaks.com and download uh, Back to the Bin's latest episode. You'll hear Paul Spataro and Ryan Daly from the Fire and Water Network talking about Ghost Rider 21 and a very old issue of World's Finest. So enjoy the show, and we return you back to your regularly scheduled podcast. <music>
1: and welcome to another special edition of Third Degree Burn. I'm your guest host, Kirk Greenfield, and we have two of our expert panelists here. We have Brian Hughes. Hi-ho. And Tim Elliott. Hello. And if we cross our fingers, maybe another one of our panel of experts will join in. We'll have to see. Today is a special edition where we look at the artwork of uh, John Byrne in his early years. Uh, He did apparently a two- or three-parter in Daredevil and Ghost Rider that I am really unaware of. So I'm going to hand the torch over to Brian and Tim to share a little bit of light on this early effort by John Byrne.
0: Yeah, well, I mean this is something that um, I knew about at a young age when I was was, was, first started my comic book collecting and was able to grab these I think in the summer of 87. Uh, But I hadn't I hadn't read them. I'd skimmed them for the artwork, but I hadn't read them. And, uh, you know, I went a long time, actually, without reading them and finally got around to it. And I've got some pretty pretty strong opinions. Yeah, this is Daredevil 138 uh, and uh, Ghost Rider 20, both from Volume 1s of the the books. Tim, were you aware of these at the time, or or are you just getting around to reading them?
2: I was aware of the Ghost Rider because I've been slowly collecting... me. slowly collecting those issues as i can and i think i read this issue when i was i was doing a kind of a, a, a first time read of ghostwriter and i think i uh i'd pass this issue up i wasn't aware of the daredevil i didn't know it tied in <clears throat> with daredevil so i wasn't aware of this issue of the 138
0: well the the lead-up to all this is actually uh an unusual story um the issue's before most of the issues in the past couple of years, before John Byrne came on, uh, the artwork was all done by Bob Brown. Marv Wolfman was a regular writer. He was actually writer and editor of Daredevil, and he was editor in chief at Marvel uh, during the year '75 and '76. And this was done in, um, this came out in July '76. So yeah, he was still editor in chief before uh, Jerry Conway took over, and you can tell that uh, he's a bit stressed. Because there are a lot of little editorial uh, mistakes uh, in this book. Uh, lettering mistakes and, and other things that uh, I, I can point out as we go through it. Uh, but uh, he writes uh, as profusely as Chris Claremont. And it, virtually every image is taken up with word bubbles. So yeah, maybe it's dialogue heavy. Yeah, which, which may be the reason why I skimmed it but didn't read it. Back in my younger days, because I was just like, my gosh, that's a lot to read. I'm just going to look at it. The art looks good, though. And um, But uh, Bob Brown, who had been the uh, the artist on Daredevil for a number of years, um, they didn't make it public then, but Bob was fighting leukemia. And so he wasn't able to keep up with the regular workload. So they would have uh, other artists like John Basima and Sal Basima come in and you know do an issue here and there. And then they got to John Byrne, and they said, hey, uh, you think you'd like to take on the, the penciling chores of Daredevil? And, and John, at this point, was just doing Iron Fist for Marvel. He was doing a couple other books, Doomsday Plus One, and uh, other Charlton books outside. But he uh, didn't have the regular work beyond uh, Iron Fist. And he's like, sure, I can do that. So they gave him you know, the, the Daredevil and the Ghost Rider. They decided to do a crossover, and this was... Um, one of the first crossover books, as I understand it, It is is how Burns is doing that. But I I don't think that's the case, really, because Marvel is just like the crossover heaven from the 60s on, isn't it?
1: There have been multiple uh, early crossovers. In the Fantastic Four, I can think of three examples off the top of my head. But we didn't really call them that at that time. Right, because
0: this was uh, one issue in the Daredevil book and then the next issue in the Ghost Rider book, and I think that's probably what he's talking about. Normally, the you know the guests come to one book and they stay in that book for the, they would, the yeah yeah for the course of more of a story. guest star
2: right? yeah more some guest starring in a book, so, not an actual lead in from one book to another.
0: Yeah, so I think that's that's what they're talking about, and, and it's funny because this is how uh, our our podcast started. You know, we one our, our second episode we had a crossover with Back to the Bins. We did one episode of Back to the Bins with them, and then one episode of Third Degree Burn with us. So, uh, on that count... And and the topic? uh, The topic of that was? Ant-Man! The uh, Marvel premiere issues. Yeah, the the Marvel premiere issues of Ant-Man, two issues there, was um, the first full-length Scott Lang story uh, covered. And uh, you may have noticed on our Facebook page that uh, we put a link to that. Uh, those two episodes out there because uh, the the uh, premiere of Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, which is in theaters right now, uh, I went and saw it last night. I won't spoil anything, but I will tell you it is a blast. It is a, a, a great, great movie. It gets you in the feels. It makes use of every one of the characters that they bring forth in it. Now, it doesn't have all the characters that you're used to from the other uh, previous Ant-Man movies. And um, it doesn't have, you know, the, um, you know, Michael Pena and the guys in the security group or uh, Cassie's mother and uh, stepfather. You, so, you know, Judy Greer, you no, know, uh, uh, was it Michael Canivale, Um in there? But you've got, of course, uh, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, what's her name from Lost? I can't remember her name all of a sudden that plays uh, the Wasp.
2: An- Angelina Lilly?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Evangeline lily that's Evangeline right angeline yeah yeah and uh then we have a new actress playing um cassie no not the same gal that played her in Endgame. and uh everybody was really really good michelle pfeiffer got so much to do and she was so captivating uh this is a this is a fun movie bring your popcorn bring your catheter if you've got you know bladder troubles you're going to be there for a while I, I, you know, it was funny because my wife had got me one of those refillable popcorn tins.
1: Oh, God, I thought you were going to say something else. No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> she got me one of those refillable popcorn tins. Unfortunately, it wasn't a giant-sized one. And so I ran out of popcorn early on, and I'm like, well, I'll go out and get some if there's ever a lull. And there was never a lull. The movie just keeps running. It just keeps giving you new stuff. And, uh, I mean, you come across some very... Uh, uh, captivating characters. Kang himself is just uh, awesome in this. And you kind of get like the full scope of Kang in this. I just have one question and I'm not going to raise it here. I'm not going to raise it till people have had a chance to see the movie. So uh, everybody go out and see it so we can talk about it more. Uh, With that, I'll leave that uh, that be. I do want to go back to what I was saying about bob brown now bob brown had been the artist on daredevil for a few years he co-created bullseye with marv wolfman um and he did uh i mean he did what, what they'd say for a while there was the definitive work on daredevil i believe he was also uh responsible for death stalker who was one of the great dd villains villains before frank miller came on and the uh the thing that was interesting of course he he got the leukemia he was having difficulty his the quality of his pencils was starting to suffer and so he had to step away for a little bit and they asked John Byrne would you like to be the the permanent pencil and John's like sure so they gave him these two issues and uh, he worked at both of these um, and for whatever reason it wasn't Byrne related but the books were running late getting out very late getting out
1: common problem in that era
0: yeah and and Byrne was sitting there and like what happened with untold legends of the batman he sat there waiting and waiting and waiting for plots to come in so he could start you know penciling them and they never did and ultimately they told him yeah uh, uh yeah the, well things ran so late that we had to go ahead and and bring other pencilers in and then bob brown came back And uh, kept penciling the book for another few more issues before he stepped away altogether and left Marvel and went back to D.C. to do Wonder Woman. And he got one issue of Wonder Woman done and then he passed away. But the option for Byrne to take over on Daredevil had already passed and he was getting, you know, other work, obviously, you know, as we see. But, uh, yeah, there was a time there where Byrne probably could have been... The penciler on Daredevil, maybe even taking over writing chores, as Marv Wolfman wasn't long for that world at that point. He had other things that he wanted to do, and with the, the editorial merry-go-round that was happening at the time, uh, he was probably glad to be able to take some things off of his plate. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was it was a crazy thing, and so Byrne was simply, as he as he says, art robot. Uh, on these two issues, meaning you know, he got the plots, he drew them as they were told to him, and then obviously, you know, Wolfman as the as the plotter and scriptor, he he'd come back in behind him and write them. Now, Wolfman, while we we consider him these days to be one of the great writers of the last fifty years, uh, obviously his Teen Titans work and his Spider Man work are things that stand the test of time. Uh, he did some of the definitive work on Jay Jonah Jameson and his motivations, why he hates Spider-Man. Uh, you know, it, 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 there, you know he, there's no doubt that Marv Wolfman's writing is, you know, just one of, the, one of the one of the pinnacle of comic book writing over the last fifty years. That being said, his writing in these these issues, not my favorite. Uh, I just think he was too stretched out, and while he was writing a lot of stuff, he, he really wasn't saying anything. What do you guys, I mean, have, have
1: you read these yet? I skimmed them He's or skimmed. read them, mm-hmm. and I, I tend to agree with what you're saying. <clears throat> well, uh, They didn't really grab me, but um, I was totally unaware of this. Um, I, you know, I'd seen the covers in the Daredevil sequence, and I didn't realize that it was going to cross over into to uh, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically when Marvel did that, that was an effort to bolster the sales of the secondary title, in this case, Ghost Rider. Yes. And then bring it back into the main. And, and also an ability to tell a slightly longer or more complicated story. But I was not aware of this. Uh, in the mid-70s, I guess I was in college and uh, not, not collecting comics, and I was out of it. So it kind of it went right past me, even till you introduced them and suggested doing them for this show. I was totally unaware of them.
0: Hmm.
1: How about you, Tim? I,
2: <clears throat> I said I, I wasn't aware of the Daredevil. Uh, I like the dialogue in Daredevil better than the follow-up Ghost Rider um, issue, and I don't know if it has to do with it felt very uh, Stan Lee, especially when he's writing Death's Head. The carrot, you know, the, they're our main protagonist here. Uh, it was very uh, hyperbolic and very over the top, and you know, he's really chewing the scenery with his dialogue, and I like that. It felt very yeah. comic booky to me.
0: Yeah, that, uh, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that because I know I as I was reading it, every time Death's Head was talking, I would actually read it out loud in some kind of you know oh, really <laughs> but, yeah you know the, like yeah. hev- heavy well, voice yeah.
2: And I didn't. And my my knowledge of Daredevil is is very very limited. I never read his issues or his run on a regular basis, really. So was he always – his dialogue and his inner dialogue and the, both this, this issue especially is very Spider-Man-like. With his, he's very quippy. He's very jokey. Is that, is that right? Is that well, on par with Daredevil?
0: Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. My experience with Daredevil uh, starts way, way back in, in the beginning of Spider-Man. Because I, I, when I was a young kid, I kept finding reprints of all the Ditko stuff, and one of the stories that stuck out that I reread over and over was Spider-Man and Daredevil's first team up against the Circus of Crime. Right. And you could see that Daredevil was more like Cyclops in his pathos. You know, here he was a blind man in love with Karen Page, and she you know, would never think of him, you know, as as a, a significant other or anything he, he was always like yeah she'd never want me because i'm blind you know that that kind of storyline and everything so uh, the next that i knew of daredevil was from the miller run but when, when he first started with roger mckenzie and frank miller writing it, and uh, miller had kind of pushed roger mckenzie out and took over the scripting of daredevil and Obviously, after that, Born Again, which kind of retconned a few things in the story of Karen Page. Now, the original story was that after her and Matt, you know, that she discovered Matt's secret identity and they became lovers. She also had gotten many offers for like movie contracts and such. And she was having a hard time reconciling Matt's career as Daredevil. She felt that, and she talks about that in these issues, stating that you know he had a much stronger marriage to Daredevil than he could ever have to her or any other woman. So she had to get away from him, and so she took the movie contract. She went out to Hollywood, and my interpretation of everything from basically what Frank Miller had written was that when she got out to Hollywood, it turned out to not be. The greatest move ever. She the, the, the movie offers were actually come ons, and you know she wound up doing the lower echelon of stuff, B movie stuff, and then ultimately she became a porn star. Now, reading these, it seems like she did have a couple movies to start with that uh, did have some notoriety before she fell on the harder times that that Miller uh, pushed forth. So it, it, it I, I kept finding myself stopping for a moment. And goes well. How does that work within all this? And oh, okay, well, I can, I can, I can deal with it. But uh, I guess I should probably go ahead and you know give the, uh, the the good information and get the synopsis going. What do you guys think? Or is there anything else you wanted to bring up before I started that?
1: Well, there was a lot of water under the bridge between, uh, you know, between issue fifteen and and Miller.
0: Yeah. Oh there yeah. Was
1: a lot of plot development. Um, And different writers. So, yeah, that's 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 a hell of a gap, but that's fine. We'll let it go. Um, Yeah. And
0: and I'll be honest, I I didn't ever go back and read those those older issues. Um, And And that's okay. Yeah.
1: They have different flavors.
0: I've got uh, I have got a couple trades now of those early early issues that I've been wanting to sit down and read. I just haven't had the time with uh, you know, possible moving and everything. So you know, maybe I,
1: maybe afterwards. I never found that they were written as long arcs. It was more like what's the story for this month? Oh, we have a two parter, okay. And then back to single issues and then more single issues and you know, I just have the feeling well. I'm talking about the period of, of the nineteen of uh, Daredevil in his forties, in his fifties, and sixties, and seventies. So I was there when they introduced Death's Head, and I was there when he revealed his identity to Karen at the end of the Death Head two part story. So I'm very familiar with that. Then Launch Point, and they're just kind of capping it off with with this uh, burn. Two parter. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're kind of summarizing it or explaining it, uh, putting it putting it on the shelf. Yeah, but we're not spoiling anything
0: when we revealed that Death's Head was Karen Page's father.
1: Right. That was a reveal at the end of the two part Death's Head. I mean, that was right. That's established. That's not a spoiler at this point.
0: Right. 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 Okay. Well, let me go ahead and and give you guys the the particulars on on this uh, the first one here. Now this of course is uh, Daredevil 138, cover date of October 1976, on sale date July 6, 1976 with a cover price of 30 cents. 32 page count, uh, 17 is story. The title of this story is Where is Karen Page? Now, let's see what the synopsis is. I pulled the synopsis from the Marvel Wiki. By the way, let me get this out of the way. <clears throat> Here we go. Daredevil is stopping a robbery of a cobalt device from an L.A. Science Institute being done by the criminal known as the Smasher. However, the crook proves too strong for Daredevil, and he's easily defeated. Smasher brings Daredevil to his master, Deathhead, who tells Smasher to put Daredevil in one of his death traps. While at a hospital, Johnny Blaze checks on his girlfriend, Roxanne Simpson, played by the wonderful Eva Mendez in the movie, uh, who is recovering there before going to look for Stuntmaster, who he's learned has kidnapped Karen Page. Searching for him, Johnny turns into Ghost Rider when he sees some criminals loading carpet into the back of a truck. Stopping them, he finds that they weren't stealing carpets, but smuggling heroin. While in New York, Foggy becomes increasingly worried about his fiancée, Debbie Harris, who's gone missing. He gets a call from somebody within Glenn Industries, telling him where to meet for further, indestruct- further instructions on where Debbie is. While back in L.A., Daredevil manages to escape from his trap, while Death's interrogates Karen about her father's experiments with Cobalt and the Fourth Dimension. While elsewhere, Ghost Rider finds this stuntmaster, who agrees to show Ghost Rider where Karen was taken. While in New York, Foggy goes to the scheduled meeting place and is shot. Back in L.A., Daredevil manages to find Karen and is attacked by Deathhead. Head. Daredevil is losing the fight until Ghost Rider bursts in, to be continued in Ghost Rider Volume 1, Number 20. So, what do you guys think of that story, though? Pretty straightforward kind of Marvel thing. And the funny part of it, I find, is that Daredevil and Ghost Rider don't fight each other at first.
2: No but, they seem to be a little aware of each other. They're uh, I think Kirk you, you made the comment that this is maybe an attempt to try to bring Blaze into the more superhero-y uh, part of Marvel instead of him being just Lone Adventures as uh, this supernatural being that he is because the they have a it's it, if you read the the, the Ghost Rider comics <clears throat> and they make several mention of this Nobody believes that he is actually a supernatural being. They think he's got some kind of a gimmick that he's got, like uh, some type of special effect costume. He, they think he's a human who's got this spook, as they call it, spook outfit going on. They don't believe he actually is this um, flaming skull-headed being with s- Satan's powers.
0: Yeah, and he, and he had been a part of the champions group already up to this point. Um, Byrne would start up on Champions in November, or well, months leading up to November. So by about the time that this book hits the stands, Byrne would be start penciling uh, Champions, which included Johnny Blaze. But uh, in the in the previous uh, issues, Johnny was uh, before Byrne got on there. Johnny was one of the one of the main characters of the Champions.
2: Yeah, and I think Daryl makes mention of it. Yeah. He mentions his work with the champion. So I think that's, to your point, Brian, is why they are not doing the typical, oh, we think you're a villain, we're going to fight each other, then we're going to become friends. Right, right. uh, Thorline.
0: And this actually is early enough in uh, Ghost Rider's career, he probably wasn't at this point um, the niche... uh, uh, what do you call it, fodder for the biker gangs that started reading Ghost Rider as a result. We, we, we talked about that before on Champions, that Ghost Rider be, became one of the comic books that was very, very popular amongst bikers. Yeah. And so it had its own little niche over there. And the, the, it's funny because Marvel editorial was like, they were always ready to cancel Ghost Rider. But it had good sales because of the biker contingent that was buy, buying it, not because of the the steadfast Marvel fans that were reading comic books on a regular basis. They weren't necessarily reading Ghost Rider. But this is early enough. This is the 20th. You know, we, we, we go to the 20th issue, the next one we cover, that, you know, that hadn't happened yet. Or if anything, it was just getting started. So, uh you know, I, I think at this point, Ghost Rider, I don't know how much of a known quantity he was to most fans. So it was good to get the, the crossover going. Um, I, I just wonder how big Daredevil's popularity was at this point. I mean, this is issue 138, so he'd been around for several, several years. And um, you know, to have Marf Wolfman writing it, uh, of course, is not, uh, not a small thing. I, I can't say a lot for the writing of this issue, but... I can say that you know it, the the story itself is interesting. It's just getting there was a little bit of a slog. Do you have the feeling is, that
1: we should have read the issue before? You know, I didn't I didn't feel
0: the need to go back. I didn't have anything tell me really that that I should read the previous issues leading up to this. I knew all the characters, uh, for the most part, the important characters that is, and um, you know, it's just they they kept bringing us up to speed. You know, Matt and Karen's relationship, Ghost Rider's relationship, all that, you know, it was made clear. That's that's one thing that's done. That's one thing that's done in the writing. I can't fault Wolfman for that. It's just he was a little too verbose and um, maybe just just a, a little too heavy handed on, on, on certain things. But uh, really, you know, I, I didn't feel the need to go back.
2: I don't think he needed to. I, I, I'm not sure his handle on Johnny Blaze's dialogue was is accurate to the issues leading up to it it was a little more because he's a he talks more like he's like a kind of a little more of a southern redneck but he was a, i think in the book he was always a california biker guy yeah so um i don't know if that's just to distinguish him between uh him and anybody else that he's that he's talking to but i thought some of his dialogue choices were interesting uh, and then I did like is when he's when he's doing his because uh, at this point he's been freed from Satan's control, but he becomes Ghost Rider whenever there's evil or mm-hmm. evil presence about something. So so, he automatically becomes Ghost Rider. Yeah,
0: he's sort a, of like the spider sense. Yeah, <laughs> Ghost Rider sense yeah. or what do you yeah. call it? Flame sense? Since it, it, he... Yeah,
2: <laughs> but he can't help it. Uh, and then he goes into this. His dialogue is very over the top, too. Which I like a lot. Yeah,
0: but but it's on purpose. It seems
2: like he's putting that that on. It's not so much that he's possessed and becomes almost a different character. He is putting that on to kind of uh, uh, play up his persona as Ghost Rider. So he seems like he's having a lot of fun with um, some of his uh, retorts to uh, some of these villains.
0: Yeah, now look at the cover, if you guys don't mind. This is Gil Kane, I'm sorry, Gene Colan and Tom Palmer. Tom Palmer. And it, it really looks like, you know, Palmer took a very, very heavy hand on it. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, aside from the, the perfect anatomy, I don't see a whole lot of, uh, of Gene Colan in it, you know.
2: Now, it looks a lot like, you know, when we covered Starbrand yeah. and Palmer was doing burn. Exactly. It looks a lot like that, doesn't
0: it? Yes. And um, the color of it kind of throws me off that, that, that fuchsia up at the top. And it feels like it, it would have probably been better served to have black up there to make the rest of the bottom pop.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they did. It is an interesting choice. But it balanced out all the black at the bottom of it, too.
0: Yeah, and knowing what we know, this cover couldn't happen. Knowing what we know. Oh, about because the they don't meet. Well, there's something, I'll bring it up later in, in, the, next issue, in the next issue. but Because uh, I don't want to spoil the big reveal. Um. Now, is it me or is Karen Page in a hospital gown there?
2: <laughs> well, she's in a much more modest outfit than she is in the comic. Yeah. In the comic, she's wearing like hip huggers and this little uh, half shirt thing that that uh, really suits her figure. But here, you're right. She's. I don't know if that's just I, for.
0: I think. He just told or, Jean, "Okay, draw a damsel in distress." Dress. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 they went from there. But uh, I I like the cover, though. I love the the visual of of Death's Head attacking Daredevil like that. And seeing Ghost Rider in the back, it was almost like, oh, yeah, draw Ghost Rider in because, you know, he's guest starring, (laughs) you know.
2: Well, I got a really strong when I was reading this whole thing because I never encountered this Death's Head guy. um, Strong. I got a strong Carnage. or Not Carnage. um, Carrion. Yeah. Vibe from uh, Spectacular Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, and now the only issues I know carrying from were the, the around the Frank Miller issues, where Daredevil was also in there. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go into this in the first page, I mean, when I opened the first page, I thought, wow, it's an Iron Fist villain. <laughs> this guy Smasher, I mean, got one of the weirdest, craziest costumes, and if anybody but John Byrne had drawn it, it would look really, really silly. But uh, yeah, Smasher, because of the way his face mask is done. It made me think of some of the, the villains that we see in Iron Fist, but also the the this is as a splash page. It is it is a, a good one for Burn because he closes in on the characters instead of pulling out so much like he does in regular comic book pages. So you get a real good look at uh, at Smasher there and uh, and Daredevil.
2: Well, and it, it looks like and even Wolfman mentions and he's very a lot of his comments. Uh, His editorial comments are almost meta in this because he's saying, you know, he says, this looks like you're coming in the middle of a story, but it's not. It's just happening right now. And he he kind of he he makes comments like that throughout the issue. But this character, Smasher, just from looking at this, I read this and I thought, "Okay, he's a he's he's a bad guy that's been around. He's like a low level villain. He's been around. No, this is his first appearance is this issue. Mm hmm. And he doesn't go very much further no. after this issue no. or the next issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So he does have a long career.
0: So uh, Byrne got to design them, apparently. So Byrne gets co-creator credit. Um, but, yeah, that costume, I, I, again, only Byrne could make something like that look cool. It, it, it's funny because um, in Facebook, just within the last couple of days, someone had put out um, one of Byrne's covers from Captain America where he's fighting the Tumblr. And I made the comment out there, only John Byrne can make a guy in a fuchsia costume look cool. And
2: This costume is very disco-inspired.
0: How many fingers does he have on his left hand? Hopefully only five. Okay, it, it looks, yeah, it's five, but it's, golly, it's just maybe too many knuckles, or, or something looks distended about his hand there. Now, how are you guys reading these? You're, you're reading this uh, from electronic copies, or do you have a physical?
1: Uh, yeah, electronic. I, I looked on electronic on a database However, I'm having trouble opening it this morning, so I'm lagging behind your conversation a little bit while it tries to takes forever to open on my computer.
0: Well, I um, I actually have... Um, which one is this? This is the uh, Marvel Universe by John Byrne, Volume 2. And both of these stories are reprinted in here, and they're so, so gorgeous compared to the, the digital copy I have. And the digital copy I have, it's funny because it's got a little... Bacon symbol down at the bottom yeah. right. I think it came from the old "I Love Bacon" website.
2: Same, yeah, the same thing. I'm, I think I'm reading. I think I'm reading one of your copies. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're reading. I'm reading a scan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, this is reprinted beautifully within the the uh, Marvel Universe Omnibus by John Byrne, Volume Two. Um, there, I'm trying to think if there's any. There's. I know there's a trade paperback of uh, Ghost Rider stories. The Essential Ghost Rider Volume One Trade Paperback. This and the next issue are reprinted in that. And then I think there's Essential Daredevil Trade Paperback that came out in 2014. And then Marvel Masterworks Volume 272 and 297 have reprints of these.
2: Anyway, I'm sure this is probably in a if there's a if there is a Ghost Rider on the bus, I'm sure this is probably in it because it carries over.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Daredevil is fighting this guy on the next page, and so you get to see like multiple Daredevil, you know, moves and activities using utilizing his gymnastics ability and his fighting ability, and you know he works his way around this guy. It's a good six panel um, page, and not a whole lot to really fuss about, except that, again that Smasher's costume just. Is cool and yet ugly, hideous at the same time, <laughs> and the color scheme doesn't help it because it's got orange and yellow and wait, is that is that yeah, it's orange and yellow and then
2: yellow and green metal and bands green.
0: and then those yeah. bronze I, I don't know what would you call them belts or, or whatever to go around the shoulders.
2: It's, it's almost like that. It's almost like the thing that Hercules used to wear. Yeah, it's like a strong man kind of harness. And I think that but this is – I will say this artwork compared to the issue we're going to cover next is I like more. I think this artwork is really – it's very dynamic. He uses lots of big panels. He breaks the panel wall, especially in this uh, second page where Daryl is doing his flips. He's flipping from one panel to the next.
1: Um, I like that effect.
0: Yeah. 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 I do like that. Um, to give everybody a little bit of perspective, this came out um, – and was July of 76, the same time that he was doing this. He was also, uh, th- he did this one and the Ghost Rider at the same time. Uh, and they were published in the same month. Um, Iron Fist number eight came out. That was like Tigers in the Night. And then he did something in the Savage Sword of Conan number 15. And I I don't know that I've seen that other than the single, ish, uh, the single image of Conan, so I'm, I'm I'm sitting there trying to figure out what that is. I don't know that Mike's Amazing World uh, covered it. No, Mike's Amazing World has no mention of it. So it's probably just that single image that you guys might be familiar well, with the Conan one Conan. Well,
2: ran. this is this is Burn when he's he has he hasn't quite dialed in his style. You know the, what we everybody will think of him is from from the X Men mm-hmm. where he's dialed in and it's completely burned. This is more. Burn still working kind of in a house style.
0: Well, I but... mean, the thing is, he's doing his style, and I can see his style really pulling through. But Jim Mooney, who's the inker, and in Jim Mooney's inked Burn a couple times here and in um, Amazing Spider Man, like the Man Wolf story, Amazing Spider Man. And I always found Jim Mooney to be, you know, he's one of those house inkers that, you know, like Bob Layton was at the time or uh, Joe Sinnott. That like to keep everybody on you know a particular model, and so true.
2: But you don't you don't but you don't lose burn you don't lose the burnness not at all
0: here. And and the thing is, you you can see the early uh, things from Burns' work that um, it's more apparent with Karen Page when you see her. um, His his fighting in this is a little different than the fighting that we see in 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 later books. Uh, The next page uh, is what. Again, six panels, but uh, a different layout. And uh, it's pretty cool seeing Daredevil actually get his butt kicked by this huge, monstrous, powerful guy. Though we only see him in these two issues, so we never get a good idea of just how strong he is. But he is ripping metal apart at one point.
2: Well, he smashes the... uh, To open this safe, he smashes one end and forces the the door off the other end.
0: Yeah, which is is pretty tough. And then... um, on page six, uh, now, now Smasher's already, is defeated Daredevil, just knocked him out. So Daredevil, Daredevil's out flat and Deathhead Head comes in and I almost feel like that should be a full page spread uh, of Deathhead Head there because he looks so cool, uh, in the imagery there. And like, uh, you know, as we talked earlier, the way his dialogue is read, you could almost hear like Frank Langella doing his Skeletor voice.
2: <laughs> yeah, I absolutely could, um, could imagine that kind of voice uh, coming at it, or, or or like a Frank Welker or something like that, that's doing um, this really just chewing the scenery with with his dialogue. You
0: have completed your tasks well, <laughs> Smasher. Yeah, I just uh, I love that. And then we finally get to uh, a, m- a more mundane page, which is Johnny talking to Karen Page, who's uh that is Karen, isn't it? No, that I'm that's sorry, Roxy. that's Roxanne Simpson. That's Roxy, yeah. Uh, in the, in the hospital and this is where you see um, burns style he he's drawing longer faces and I think Mooney was really trying to shore it in uh, he doesn't do it so much when he hit reaches Karen page though um, but you know, burns faces were a little bit longer and thinner uh, and women had a tendency to have very thick lips where men had no lips at all or virtually that's, just a, little, burn. Very, that,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's just a burn style yeah- mm-hmm.
0: But it's a very, very mundane page. Two people talking a lot of dialogue. Um, and then we get to Stuntmaster. Now, Stuntmaster is from Ghost Rider's book, right? He was part of right. Johnny's team. And Johnny just wasn't sure if he was a good guy or a bad guy. But worked Wait, with well, him. No,
1: he, if Stuntmaster I he is was... originally a daredevil villain. Really? Is he? From oh. issue 64. Hmm. Well, I mean, he came he's in probably to, come back a couple of times, but that's where he started. Yeah, he came back to Ghost Rider, and
2: they... God, I can't remember the issues. He, They they fought at first, or Ghost Rider thought he was a criminal, and it turns out he wasn't. He has his own kind of stunt show, and Johnny joined his show after he lost his own. He had his own Johnny Blaze stunt show, and then that folded, so he started working for... Because apparently in this, it's Karen, Karen Page is on the TV show with Stuntmaster and maybe Johnny.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, it's, but, it, it's interesting that through the both stories, they don't call him a Stuntmaster all the time. They call him Stuntmaster, Stuntman, Stunt driver, but it, it's like they can't keep it. I, I don't think he was trying to mix it up like you would do Superman, you know, Superman, Last Sonic, Krypton, you know, Kal-El, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just think that the, that the writing wasn't consistent, and they kept forgetting to call him Stuntmaster.
2: I didn't pick up on that. I guess my brain was filling in Stuntmaster every time I was reading that.
0: Yeah. Now, the the funny thing is, you know, we know Johnny Blaze is like this biker and all that. And then, of course, he sits there, and he gets into his Ghost Rider voice, and he's like, "Miscreant, I am Ghost Rider, the scourge of evil. <laughs> you know, I love that. I love that Ghost Rider talk. And then, uh,
2: yeah, it's a little. it's, it's, it's got to be as fun as writing Thor's dialogue when they would write Thor or when he would have Thor speak instead of talking like a regular guy.
0: Yeah, and then there's uh, the scene where he comes across the guys with the carpets. Now, anybody else drives by these guys, they're not going to think anything. The only thing that really tips Johnny off is the fact that he turns into Ghost Rider while he's driving by these guys. So therefore, they must be up to no good. And he attacks right. them and finds yeah. out they're, they're drug smugglers.
2: Well, right, he thinks it's 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 like why am I turning into Ghost Rider for just guys robbing carpet? But then he realizes later that it's uh, that they've got heroin packs smuggled into or sewn into the. Um...
0: Yeah, but how did he knew it was a robbery? I mean, there is just guys piling rugs into right. a truck. How does he know it's a robbery? And, well, he'd already turned into Johnny Blaze. That's right.
2: Right. That's why he thinks. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and maybe maybe it's like three in the morning. So you know, I mean, we don't know exactly what time of day or night it is. You can't really tell from the the, the dressing around the imagery that we're seeing. It doesn't. You can't tell if it's day or night. I'd have to assume it's nighttime though.
2: Well, I was. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's nighttime. And I guess it's handy that one of them had a roll of asbestos carpet.
0: Uh,
2: what do you What do you use asbestos carpet for? Unless it's like a like a carpet that a fireman might use or something. I don't know why you would.
0: No, Aunt Marjorie's honestly. a heavy smoker. You need You need <laughs> you, you need that. Sadly, we lost Kirk here for a moment. He's having, I think, to reboot. Uh, but he'll, um. be, he'll be rejoining us. But we, we should still tarry on. Um. But yeah, like I said, Aunt Marjorie, she smokes so much, and she drops her cigarette. She falls asleep on the couch and drops that cigarette off. Best evidence asbestos, you know, thing there. And this is of course uh, before they realized asbestos, you know, give you cancer. And that's uh, well,
2: yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Even then, they were still using asbestos in seventy six.
0: Yeah, it was right around the time I think is when they when they did that. But I mean, anytime you needed to do anything, fight Johnny Storm. Or you know anybody that had flame powers, you always had to have that handy asbestos blanket or or, or net to uh, to capture that. Well, That's
2: yeah. I think uh, in uh, Marvel Tales it was established that Johnny had his entire apartment was asbestos to keep him from something
0: like that. I mean, can, uh, and the thing or, is, or like, did did Reed ever have to help Johnny? You know, to, to say well, okay, Johnny, we, we got to undo this cancer stuff that we did to you, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure
2: he's probably probably immune to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so we got uh, page 11 uh, is Johnny fighting the thieves here, or the guy's actually smuggling heroin. Um, And you get, you know, I mean, again, he's riding on the motorcycle and hitting these guys. He's still able to to battle them up front. It's just kind of odd. You know, it's like one, one panel, he's up close to the guy punching him. Next thing, everybody's far away and trying to get away.
2: Well,. Wolfman's dialogue, and I don't know if this is him, if this is done the Marvel Method so that Byrne did the work and then he came in and filled in the dialogue.
0: Byrne got the the plot, it was sent to him, the plot was sent to him, so he didn't have any interaction with Marv on how things are supposed to go. And it's obvious because a lot of times, and I'll point out a specific area here coming up, that when Wolfman scripted it, that he didn't necessarily script based on the art.
2: Well, that was my my question, because it seems that he is he is adding a lot of dialogue, trying to explain what especially when John in page 14, where he's jumping over the truck and he's burning his way into the canvas top to, to punch the bad guy that had ran to the truck to try to escape. He's spending a lot of dialogue explaining what he's doing like he wasn't sure the artwork would convey that so he wants the reader to make sure this they is understand. what johnny's doing
0: well it's just like the the, yeah. the first battle of smasher you know daredevil and smasher had this massive conversation and daredevil also had these huge thought balloons all through mm-hmm. that story there's no way that in the time it would take to do the battle that they did that they would be able to even voice those words that they said now as far as thought balloons go i've always had a different thought on thought balloons you know that, that's the gist of what they're thinking but it you know it can be distilled, distilled down to a few moments.
2: Yeah, that's, that's happening. Yeah, know, in the matter of seconds.
0: Right, but when they're, when they're talking like that, you know, they're sitting there talking a a Claremont novel over the course of one page. When he's sitting there moving just a few feet, punching, kicking, whatever, and yet, but they have a conversation longer than Kramer versus Kramer. I use something from the time era, you know, there. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and then we've got this two-page, uh, not, I mean this two-panel or three actually three panels. Uh, one half of the page is uh, Johnny going through the truck, knocking the guy out. I mean it's kind of a cool thing, but I, I just uh, did he melt his way into the truck or did he? No, he he, did, he goes over the top. Yeah, because remember he, hits he burns the curb. through the canvas rigging. That's right. That's right. right. And then he right. gets in there and then pun- punches the guy out with a skunk. Is that right? Which I'm, yeah. I
2: see, because you see the guy running into the back, yeah. And I think the I guess the guy was going to run through the back, then make it to the cab and drive away. Yep. So Johnny's kind of
1: um, you intercepting you know, it.
2: You know, Welcome you know, back. Intercepting exactly. Yep.
0: But yeah, and then With so um, I understand why Wolfman did translate that. Uh, you know, you we're saying you know using his Hellfire to burn his way through the canvas rigging, because I I mean I don't you know I don't know that every. Kid, and again, this is a book being read by kids. You know, is going to sit there and look at that truck and realize it's a canvas truck. They might think it's metal, but it's canvas, kind of like the one the Indiana it could Jones be, um,
2: um but you know, fought on. To 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 that point, he can burn through the canvas, but that still has metal ribbing that kind of a framework. Well, it's he hellfire it the way he's drawn it. It's hellfire, so it's going to burn through the metal too. I guess yeah,
0: he melts right through it.
2: I didn't think he just burned. Right. Well, if it's a, com- if it was a modern comic, he just burned through the whole truck
0: yeah. and probably
2: incinerate the guy.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I think I, what I think it's interesting on and this is seventy six, and this is still geared towards kids. But he uh, on the two panels where he's, which is kind of a nice panel. He's looking down at the role. You kind of get an upshot at, at um, Ghost Rider. and he says Stinkweed.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, which is a obviously a marijuana reference, and then he talks about you know usually they don't. Um, they don't name it when they say drugs. They just say, "Oh, it's drugs," or it's some kind of a junk or stuff like that. But you know, he actually com- comes out and calls it heroin that are sewn in these little bags on them.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because uh, there's a there's a minor issue at my son's school um, from time to time. When you're in a the hallway, they'll be able to smell real skunky marijuana. Um, kids smoking it in the uh, the restrooms or wherever, mm. but it's all very smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> all apparently whoever's you know supplying all this, supplying very skunky smelling weed. And so whenever we're driving and we pass by a skunk smell, my son thinks it's actually someone smoking weed. No. And I'm like, no, 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 that's that's a real skunk. Trust me. He-
2: <laughs> well, see, you, you don't. We don't have skunks in Vegas. So we were smelling what we thought were because We're back from Texas, and it's just it's just weed that you smell all over the place yeah. here in Vegas because it's legal. Yep.
0: Well, <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, I, I yeah I some, yeah. So why did he get the stinkweed smell when it was heroin that they were you know transporting? I think he means smells like stinkweed. Means oh, there's something some rotten. Yeah, something rotten. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. In other words, something doesn't add up. So that's when he's. Uh, that's just he's just trying to put it in the hip vernacular that is, of the seventies.
0: That is the best Johnny image in the whole book, though. The the, the, the the I mean the the Ghost Rider image right there, the the head on of the face.
2: Yep, he's leaning down.
0: Yep, and Stuntmaster, you never get a full shot of him to really um, get an idea of what he looks like. You, you always get the head from the side or, or from the face and when you just see his face head on he looks like the leader of the car or acrobatic team from speed racer <laughs> I don't know well if either, i don't always know.
2: thought he looked like um here's it's a dc uh character that's from the like world war ii
0: black hawk fighter pilots black hawk
2: black hawk yeah. doesn't he wear a costume kind of like that uh
0: was there thinking. was something like that when they were in flight yeah i may believe that's what i'm thinking yep. And then we see, was it, is it Heather? Not Heather. I'm trying to remember who this is at uh, yeah, Foggy, um, Foggy talking. No, no. Yeah, yeah this is Heather. That's, this is Heather. That's Heather Glenn. Now, Heather and Matt are a couple at this point, and they would be a couple from here all the way through to the Miller era. And somewhere in there, she finds out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil. But I guess all of his girlfriends find out because he can't remember. Everybody.
2: He, well, he doesn't see the sock,
0: you know, that he left out. That's Daredevil. So the Belly club is <laughs> just laying there. And, you know, he's got to sit there and hit something to, to tell that there's, you know, all that other stuff around using that radar.
2: <laughs> well, at, at this point in Daredevil, are Foggy and Matt partners? Yeah. Or yeah. is Foggy the DA?
0: And, well, no, he was DA, but he's no longer the DA at this point. Okay. And um, so they've got, apparently, they've got, is it Debbie, who was also Foggy? Which is
2: interesting, he calls it Debbie Harris. Yeah. I, thought, I was thinking Debbie Harris, the singer. De-
0: De- Debbie, Debbie Harry.
2: The Harry. Debbie Harry okay. from Blondie. Well, maybe that's yeah. why I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, that would be the Debbie. Doesn't Foggy marry her and ultimately divorce her?
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't. again, I don't know anything about Daredevil, yeah. really. Yeah, at, least, at least the but, secondary characters.
0: But this whole subplot here is something that carries on in Daredevil, and after we go away from it, we don't come back to it again uh, in this storyline, because this is Daredevil and Ghost Rider story, and as it moves into Ghost Rider's book, we get more of their subplots there. So... Um, but this next page, of course, is the guy that is uh, extorting, or that has uh, kidnapped Debbie, um, and... Then we see Daredevil in a room with a bunch of real high-powered sentry machine guns trained on him. And I really like that image of him using his radar to sit there and see what's going on around him. Any normal person would waking up in a dark room like that, and how Daredevil knows it's dark, I guess because he doesn't feel a light bulb burning or something.
1: Yeah, good point. Um,
0: But, uh, you know, any normal person would have moved enough that those machine guns would have perforated him.
2: And this is another another point when he gets and he goes into uh, Wolfman gives a lot of dialogue on how Daredevil determines the the uh, radius of these, the firing radius of these weapons. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of explanation of how he's getting out of it instead of just, oh, he threw his belly club and he jumped out of the way, which I think a reader would have accepted. But it's almost like Wolfman really wants to ground this and make it believable.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm going to point out something on the next page about Byrne's early work. Um, And this is is the first time you get to see... uh, That's Karen Page, isn't it? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. In that pink outfit or
0: purple. Yeah, pink outfit showing heavy midriff. But you don't see her waist on down. And if you look through most of the book, when it comes to female characters, you really don't get to see from the waist on down except in super long shots. And her face is drawn very long. Her lips are very pronounced. And this is an old Burns style that he does get away from, uh, actually pretty pretty quick. But it's images like this, I think, is why Jim Shooter would have other artists come in and redo the faces altogether uh, when he was you know, when he started doing like X Men and, and, and other books. Um,
1: but why? Because he didn't like Byrne's female face. No.
0: I don't think he did. And, I mean, it, you can see her Her face looks long, but, again, you don't see anything from really waist down. He doesn't show it full on because Byrne had not mastered that part of the anatomy, you know, yet at this point. I do love that one image you see of Death's head on that bottom left page. I, I wish we could have seen the whole thing, but all the dialogue in there um, kind of blocks the top half of his head, <laughs> the top portion of his head. Yeah. But he makes, and I
2: couldn't go quite figure out what his face looked like. It's not just a skull. It's he's almost like he's wearing goggles, yeah, or something. I
1: can't tell you, what he's you wearing. Get
0: the idea that those eyes like zoom around like Mad Eye Moody's in the Harry Potter movies, you know.
1: <laughs> Back up two pages to the bottom left for um, for uh, Heather Glenn. Mm-hmm. Look at her face by comparison. Yeah, female face, rounded. I think that's gorgeous. Uh, you know, those eyes are just incredibly um, beautiful, John Byrne eyes. Hmm.
0: I, I, I kind of felt like this was. Uh, I mean, these bottom four panels, and then well, the 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 one panel with her above. Again, they are what they're supposed to be. They're they're mundane because you know they're exposition. They're not really you know giving you much. Um, looking at it in the omnibus, it's definitely more dynamic than it is in a scanned image. Um, that much I'll say. Uh, and that, what
1: page are you on?
0: Um, it would be page fifteen. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, and and Foggy though, you know, Foggy's kind of not quite the man that I'm, I'm accustomed to him being. I mean, his clothes his clothes look like they're just hanging off of him, like he's just lost a lot of weight. You know, and Foggy has always been that kind of portly dude
2: you yeah know. he's always i mean
0: you can see double chin on him in the last panel and and all that but he doesn't he doesn't look like the the overweight kind of foggy that we're accustomed to seeing um now going back though to to page fifteen uh, not 15 but um the uh, yeah, page 17 the bottom right panel karen's face just looks so cartoony right and part of it, I think, is the the hairstyle that he's trying to do there for her—that sweeping, you know, hairstyle and all—and um, then the outfit she's wearing. It's just—I I don't know—I'm I'm not a fan of this this particular panel <laughs> that much, though. The image on the screen's cool. I mean, I, any death's Head, I, I think, um, is kind of cool. I wish he'd been colored a little bit more dynamically, but I can understand why they did that that scheme. But is it supposed to be white or gray? You know, like that cloak that Death Head wears.
2: I, th- I I can't tell. I think it's just... Well, it looks kind of a little grayish. It's little. always been white that I recall, but... But his you know. rags are just white. He's dressed like a mummy,
0: basically. Mm-hmm.
2: He's right. wrapped up. Um, I think his helmet... At one point, somebody calls him Stonehead or something. So is he supposed to be wearing some kind of a helmet?
0: No. maybe
2: with, Or is it just head? his head is mutated? I can't tell. I don't know what the original...
0: Well, uh, I mean...
2: Karen Page's father looked like.
0: Yeah, and I think it'd be two different... Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, going back, you know, on page 22, Daredevil finds a way to defeat the uh, the sentry guns uh, acrobatically and then is actually able to smash his way out the door. And I thought it was, you know, a nice use of the, you know, the, the fading images... You know, as they show him doing acrobatics, this is something that Byrne did early on in his career, especially when he was art robot. Um, He didn't do it as much when he was co-plotter. I think it was something he wanted to get away from. But it's something that he excelled at.
2: Yeah, it's great. I mean, they would do that a lot of times with Spider-Man. Yeah. To show the transition from one position to the next. And he breaks the panel again, too, which is nice, with his feet kind of drift into the panel above it where you see the actual machine gun which is very burn techy um it looks a bit like a brain gun
0: it's funny lately to to burn off my aggression i've been playing an old video game uh, computer game half life 2 and they use sentry guns and they're all over the place and that's what that reminds me of is those sentry (laughs) guns because they're a pain anyway next page you see that daredevil and and johnny are about to find reasons to get together And uh, Johnny has a conflict with uh, Stuntmaster who's sitting there saying, no, 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 I'm trying to help you. Let me explain myself, you know. And so they use one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight panels basically for them to have that conversation. And then another whole page of, uh, of exposition, both on the part of Ghost Rider and Stuntmaster, and then get to see Foggy Nelson get shot. But not a whole lot of what I would call... Dynamic art.
2: No, it it's, it's it moves the plot forward. I mean, it. it yeah. uh, uh, I, mean, I will say, Ghost Rider seems reasonably threatening when he's threatening to uh, to. Uh, he's got his his looks like his his hand is a flame. and He's fixing to punch. Step so, step master. Yeah. If he doesn't you know, tell him the truth. How deadly is
0: how point. deadly is his mystic flame? I mean, is it is it going to burn you just like regular thing, or is it like a man thing kind of you know. The more I, I think
2: the... it does. I think it does whatever it needs to do for the story. I think sometimes it would, it would, you would blast someone. It would just kind of, like in the the Nick Cage film, it would more like his pinning stare. It would kind of burn because he talks about to burn the evil from you, but it doesn't actually harm you.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: But obviously, it melted. He melted his bite in a, in a matter of seconds. Um, and then again, some Master's dialogue of says he must have a flamethrower rigged in that costume.
0: And he tells <laughs> yeah.
2: him, you know, why why, this, why is this spook thing? Are you trying to come up with your own act? You know, why are you pretending to be this uh, this demon when everybody thinks he's just a, a, a guy who's got a bunch of gimmicks?
1: Yeah. I like how he hops on the back of Ghost Rider's cycle, and they take off roaring down the wind, down the, the street, and the flames from Ghost Rider's head don't <laughs> Burn his face off. Well, he's still
0: leaning his head to one side, you know, and he's got that he he's got to. that helmet on, so
1: you know. Okay. And goggles, I guess.
0: Again, this is a guy that's. It, it, you get a, a a better glance at his costume there. So he's got like lightning bolts coming down his suspenders, and a bare chest, Ricardo Montalban style, and then pirate gloves, except they're yellow. It's and, and he's wearing. He's,
2: he's got boots. And he's
0: got yeah he's got um. got a cape. Um, a blue, yeah, cape, um, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, not one of my favorite costumes, but, uh, Burn still makes it work.
2: A lot, a lot of, was the 70s, a lot of bare chests.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay, so, uh, we, uh, move back over to the Daredevil storyline. You see Daredevil breaking into the room. There's Karen. And, of course, they have to have a few moments of, I never thought I'd see you again, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's why I'm here. And then, uh, the, um. Death's Head comes in. Again, he's riding this, and is it supposed to be a horse skeleton? Yes,
1: a horse that allegedly has been treated with some sort of a chemical that will kill the horse but renders its flesh transparent. So all you can see is the skeleton. Hey, it didn't work when he first showed up in, in you know <laughs> fifty five and fifty six. It doesn't work now, but it's a cool image. Well, so. you know that being said, this is probably the
0: best horse image Burns ever drawn. He, he's notoriously not that great at drawing horses, <laughs> but I, I, I do like well, I do like this thing that that he rides on uh, with it, and of course the imagery there with the, the the bandages and everything, you know, giving him that mummy appearance. And just a well, piece. is
2: he wearing Kirk? Is he wearing these rags like uh, Man Wolf wore? You know, it was it's it's doing either containing his radiation or it's some kind of a contain. Why is he wearing these these rags that make him look like a mummy?
1: No real good explanation for you. Um, he just appeared as a ghostly figure, to, sort of like the Hound of the Baskervilles showing up on the moors, terrifying uh, Heather back, or not Heather, Karen Page back in the day. And, you know, the big reveal at the end of, of the two-part episode was that it was her father. And then he dies, or he did die. So to see him show up here again, comics. you know.
0: Yeah, but Daredevil, in, in this page uh, 27, Darryl, as he, he hears him talk, he goes, that voice, I know it. And he's like, I know right. who Death's Head really is.
1: Right, so obviously it's not her father. Right,
0: and he says he's going to change. She
1: said that earlier, didn't she? She said, you know, who are you? Why are you pretending to be my father? Yeah. So, you know, they're not fooled because they because of the reveal in this issue.
2: Well, and, and it you have to ask the question of if okay, this is, we know this is not Death said it's somebody else that seems to have a, a relationship with Daredevil and uh, Karen Page, and he's wanting information. From that her father was working on. So why is he does he think dressing as her father is gonna confuse her and get the
0: information? So but she she knows it's not her father. So why is oh yeah, and then on the next page you see Daredevil going into direct fight with him, even though he already knows who this is. And he lets him touch him. And Daredevil feels the cold shooting through him, his arms going numb. And then he pulls away and he goes, can't can't, you know, can't attack him directly. His merest touch could kill me. And his, his shoulder is throbbing with pain. And yet, you know, he's still, you know, locking himself in Mortal Kombat with him when Ghost Rider uh, comes in and sees that, you know, Death's Head has Daredevil by the neck. This is the third time that he's touching him directly.
2: Yeah, and knowing what we find out in the next issue mm-hmm. who this really is. Yes. That doesn't make sense. Right. Um, neither does the the coldness when he touched his shoulder and kind of is that is that the effect that the real Death's Head would do if he touched you?
0: Gonna rely on you there, Kirk. What well, I
2: rephrase the question again. The original death's Head, did he have any you know, did he have what kind of powers did he have? When he touches Daredevil here it like numbs his it, like it freezes his it's
1: arm. It's sucking the life I, out of
0: him. I don't yeah. recall is that, the original? that he had
1: any, any effect. He was more a scary apparition. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't recall. Um, I'd have to dig out that issue, and maybe I will if I've got it in the Marvel Masterworks here to, to take a look at it. But uh, it, it's more... The original appearance is more like the Hound of the Baskervilles, that it's to scare yeah. somebody off, to keep them away. Um, that sort of a thing. Yeah, now... Maybe this person uh, isn't able to kill Daredevil because his hands are wrapped in uh, gauze bandages, well, or you know, like yeah. a mummy. I don't know. Well,
0: well, we'll get an answer to that question in the next issue. I, I'll tell you this: so at this point, I already knew who it was. Uh, you know, having read the you know the Daredevil issues of later to understand that, and I was like, oh, okay, I know who this is. But I love this last page image. You got Daredevil that is a gorgeous, being bent
2: that back, is a gorgeous just as, as Ghost Rider's page.
0: breaking in, Death's head up there with the horse, and all this flame that's just, like, around Daredevil. It's like, how is he going to get out of this, is what is, is what you're going to ask. And if you're a Daredevil reader, you're like, oh, no, this is continued in Ghost Rider. Holy crap, I've got to buy another book.
2: I don't read Ghost Rider. Um...
0: Nobody reads Ghost Rider at this point. <laughs>
2: Hey, it lasted. Ghost Rider lasted more longer than any other supernatural. This is true, and
0: that's uh, because the books. biker crowd jumped on it, and they just started buying it. You know, it, it became it became a, a phenomenon amongst them.
1: How many issues well, did it run?
0: Oh gosh, like one hundred and sixty something.
1: Twenty? No, 150?
2: Yeah, it was ran. That's good a years
1: Yeah. Yeah. When most titles don't last beyond twenty, twenty four issues, that's incredible. Um, Nowadays, but but even no, like, I mean say, back then. Yeah, you know, they introduced She Hulk and Night Nurse and a bunch of uh, Hellcat. Oh, Those okay. Things, they ran four it, issues. The
0: first volume of it only went to issue eighty-one, so it lasted from uh, seventy-three to eighty-three, so ten years.
2: Yeah, ten years. Okay, I thought it lasted longer. That's- but even Werewolf by Night ran I think forty issues. Uh, Frankenstein's month that I don't think he even had his own comic, did he? The, uh, the Frankenstein, um, they, Marvel was doing Frankenstein's monster.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he, you know, he didn't have his own, his own thing. Um,
2: he was in another book, yeah.
0: Now, the the second volume of Ghost Rider came out, let's see, what year was that? 90. Okay, so.
2: That's Danny, Danny Ketch, or Ketch, or how you pronounce his name. Yeah, I like that yeah. issue. That that run a lot. That's early, Mark Tixera, uh i like that but, i like those quite a bit now
0: didn't javier salteris do the artwork on it and texier inked it
2: um i don't know i know texera came along later i think he was doing the actual
0: artwork not just the inking yeah they they actually uh, they were a good team it had almost like a, a mark bagley with uh bill sienkiewicz inking look to it you know yeah um yeah. But uh, very, very already early '90s, and this came out in 1990. Uh, had that extreme look to it, you know, as far as the the books. The a lot of, well, lot of the speed look that, lines and
2: that's the look they adopted for the films. He looks more like with the the leather jacket, the spikes on the shoulder, yeah. the spikes on the glove. That comes from that run, not the original Johnny Blaze. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay, but
2: Blaze showed up in that issue too. Those issues.
0: Alrighty, so let's take a look. Do you have any last thoughts on uh, on this issue of Daredevil, Man Without Fear, number
2: 138? No, I liked it. I liked the artwork in this a lot. Uh, I thought the dialogue being heavy, but I enjoyed the, the over-the-topness of it that Wolfman seemed to be. Again, he was might have been channeling his inner Stan Lee and having fun with um, being a little more verbose with all of his... Um, all his characters, but... There was one... Overall, it was, it was fun.
0: There was one page I wanted to point out in particular, and just just vamp for a moment while I'm trying to find this. Um, I'd actually close the book. So I'm like, it's hard to find in the omnibus. But one that was really um, indicative of the, the scripting versus... Maybe it's in the next book, because I'm not seeing the panel I was talking about. It must be in the next one. So let's just go ahead and move on then to Ghost Rider.
2: All right. Well, the artwork in this one seems to be very – I mean, it's a different anchor, but it seems to be a little different, especially in the layouts compared to the previous issue.
0: Oh, and Ghost Rider?
2: Right, and I don't know if that was uh, a conscious effort from Byrne trying to mimic the style that Ghost Rider – the previous Ghost Rider artist um, was doing, but it doesn't seem to be as – panels don't seem to be as big – and it doesn't seem quite as dynamic.
0: Well, this one here the one is... is the first one was in, in, inked by Jim Mooney. And this one here... And I'll, let me go ahead and start giving the particulars on this. I don't think I gave all the particulars on the last one. It should have been a little bit more... Yeah, because on, on the Daredevil, we had um, Marv Wolfman writing, burn penciling, Jim Mooney inking, Joe Rosen lettering. And then Wolfman was also editor on the book and editor-in-chief at Marvel at the time. This one here, we have, um, let's see, Ghost Rider 20, cover date October 76, on sale date July 13th. Now, that means it came out one week after the uh, Daredevil book. So, basically right on top of each other. Cover price, 30 cents, 32 page count, 17 pages of story. The story is titled Two Against Death. And is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Don David Perlin. Don Perlin. Now he was what uh, big on the Defenders, wasn't he? Or am I getting him confused with somebody else?
2: I'm not familiar. him. Yeah. I mean, uh, could have been. We covered the Defenders, but I don't remember.
0: The ink- letterer on this was Denise wool formerly Vladimir, and colorist was Petrus Kotis, uh, formerly Goldberg. Uh, this also is reprinted in Essential Ghost Rider trade paperback, Marvel Masterworks 272, Marvel Masterworks 297, and of course the uh, Marvel Universe by John Byrne Volume 2. Our synopsis <clears throat> goes like this. Ghost Rider and Stuntmaster smash in on Death's head as he's attacking Daredevil. Ghost Rider helps Daredevil fight off Death's head who vanishes into thin air as he escapes. After the battle, Stuntmaster decides he needs to leave L.A. and do some riding in the mountains to figure out who he is. Reunited once more, Karen Page and Daredevil realize that they care for each other as friends and no longer as lovers. After formal introductions are made, Johnny agrees to help Daredevil catch Death's head, but has to check in on how Roxanne is doing first at the hospital. At the hospital, he tries to leave Roxanne, but she talks him out of it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Matt Murdock and Karen Page spend time together, but are attacked by Smasher and Deathhead once more. Changing into Daredevil, Matt battles the two and unmasked Deathhead, revealing him to be his old foe, Deathstalker, who is seeking oh. revenge, seeking Pax. Oh, sorry, Paxton Page's formulas to free himself from the dimension he is trapped in. Ghost Rider arrives and helps him to battle. Firing his Hellfire at Docker, which causes the villain to burn up and disappear. Knowing the danger is over, when Johnny changes back to normal, he and Karen Page bid farewell to Daredevil. Doesn't say what happened to Smasher here, does it?
2: It does. Oh, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, we, we find out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see some there's, there's actually a couple of uh, uh, interviews. Uh, with Byrne about this run here, so I'll, uh, I'll give you the links for it Tim so we can post it on the on the page The, the links to those interviews Definitely uh, definitely worth a read So we look at the front cover here, and I gotta find out who? Did the cover because it's not apparent just by looking. Okay, so this is Gil Kane and Klaus Janssen, um on this cover and what you've got in this case, they there's no big reveal because they reveal Deathstalker on the front on yeah. the front page. So you, you, there's not going to be any guesswork who we're dealing with uh, in there. And Deathstalker is holding Karen Page in his hand, which should kill her, but okay. And Daredevil's swinging in using his, his cane from one direction while Ghost Rider's coming in from the bottom of the page on a red uh, flame-engulfed bike. Daredevil's going, Karen Page, kidnapped! Death Stalker, enraged! And not even the Ghost Rider can stop him. Two against death. So, this is a, a very dynamic page, but um, simple in, in its execution. Once again, the green background kind of turns me off a little bit. Now, I remember back in the day when I was talking with uh, the comic book shop owners they hated when a comic book had a green cover on it. They said green covers typically did not sell. And I said, well, wouldn't that negate the entire green lantern series? And it looked like, shut up kid. (laughs) 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 That's true. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um,
2: well, not that the background is a gradient. It's not a solid green, which had to be harder to do in printing instead of just doing a solid.
0: Yeah. Um, and it looks like they used a little zipatone for the gradient.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's what's caused it or not. I can't tell.
0: I, I mean, this sounds this this cover had a lot of effort go into it,
1: really. When you
0: you know sp- sit there and think speaking about speaking
1: about green covers, there's there's a story that Marvel didn't do green covers for a long time because Stan Lee had a prohibition against them, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody. Color it or something. Anyway, so the end result is, it came to his attention. Somebody said, uh, asked him about that. Stan's response was, "What are you talking about? I didn't, I didn't really have any green covers." <laughs> and they said, "No, no, everybody knows that we can't do green covers because you didn't like them." He says, "I might have said in passing that something didn't work or that something, you know, didn't pop when it was printed." But he said, "I never issued a, a, a mandate like that." It's amazing how many practices in Marvel, because Stan didn't want the nose on the Iron Man costume, or that he did want it, that that people read between the lines and suddenly became an edict from him. Yeah. Anyways, that's the background that I know about green covers.
0: And you, you just gave me a flashback to an episode of MASH, where Colonel Potter just started working at the 407 7th and one day uh, they had tomato juice and he said, oh, I love tomato juice. And so Radar goes through all these machinations to get tomato juice at the 4077th. And only at the end, when he brings Colonel Potter another glass of it, Colonel Potter goes, oh, I can't have it. Turns out I'm allergic to it. I had hives last night. Or, you know, at the, the night afterwards. So it was all a waste of time.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Or Londo yeah. Malari in um, Babylon 5 talking about a flower or something that um a young the the daughter of the emperor had noticed a flower in this one area of a castle and she loved it and she told her dad that she loved it so dad positioned a the guard there just to make sure that nobody trampled, trampled on the flower and 160 years later somebody one day just says why do we always have a guard standing over there After the flower's long gone, that emperor's dead, the emperor's daughter's gone and dead. Still, there's a guard station there because a long time ago, they didn't want a flower trampled on. Right. Boy. And and so, yeah, Stan could have made an offhand comment one day, and since he is the top guy and you don't want to disappoint him, you don't do that. So he said one day he hates green covers, and they just didn't do it. That's 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 interesting. I mean, again, I'd never heard that story before. So, uh.
1: best green cover. Just as long as we're on the topic, look up Captain Marvel number three from about 1968. I know the one. It's It's the the super scroll has Captain Marvel. I don't know on some sort of a torture bed or or what have you, and the entire cover is an alien green. It works perfectly, in my estimation. I mean, it's really, really good. So when I heard this story, I immediately thought of that cover and thought, what are they talking about?
0: Yeah, and then there's um, that famous issue of Thor with the Enchantress. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Neil Adams uh, Polaris cover.
1: Yes, yes. On the the X-Men, yes.
0: Yeah, that's a big...
1: They don't do them very often, but when they do, they're very effective. Alright, so let's get... Go
0: ahead, Tim.
2: No, I just say the only... The only objection I could say to this picture cover is that there's a lot of green and red. And when you get those two together, it starts looking look a little Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. I think it works fine. Yeah, here.
0: I don't get a Christmas feel from it, especially when you got Hellfire, you know. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> no. Uh, it, it does look like your typical team-up kind of thing, though, doesn't it? Because you've got the Ghost Rider co-starring Daredevil, and it feels more like a, a Marvel team-up cover than it does. It
2: does feel like a team-up book, yeah. yeah.
0: And so we go into the first page. Now, the first page isn't as dynamic as the last first page where you had Daredevil going up against the Smasher. Um, but you do have, it looks like Ghost Rider taking on Stuntmaster. And Stuntmaster trying to explain himself.
2: Well, this is a recap. This yep. is basically a recap yep. of the previous issue. But it was I, what I thought was nice is they could have easily lifted the, the artwork from that one and just dropped it in here. But they. Draw it slightly different, and the dialogue is slightly different.
0: Yeah, now, at the bottom of this page, too, though, this is um, one of those instances where the dialogue and the action do not mesh. Uh, Daredevil and Karen are sitting there, and she is pointing a finger uh, very purposely somewhere, and she goes, I was frightened, uh, Daredevil. (laughs) I didn't know what they were going to do to me. You don't have to worry anymore, Karen. I'm here with you. And then someone off to the side says, that will not save either of you fools. But the way she's pointing, she's looking more like she's going to say, that's the man. That's the guy responsible for all this. Right. But it you know, again, the uh, the art and the text do not mesh. And then, of course, we see Death head again. But wait a minute. We well, already saw Daredevil fighting Death's head, and Death's head grabbed him. So, yeah. Well, because they're, catching, it's a they're
2: catching up. But it's a recap. But we get... The dialogue that he's coming out of it, you know, before they slam on the screen and he's emerging from the screen. Well, we didn't get that in the previous issue. Right. He was just there, right? But here they actually have dialogue that says he's coming out of the screen.
0: Yeah, that was that was really bizarre, and I wasn't sure how that happened. But you know, knowing you know that it's, de- that it's Deathstalker, and we know that he's got those supernatural uh, dimension traveling ability, that he can do some pretty unusual things. And once again, he grabs Daredevil by the neck. And this is where uh, Ghost Rider and Stuntmaster break in to save the day.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like when you watch a two-part show and it says previously on, yeah. and they give you some scenes. from.
0: Yep. That. But, I mean, so here he is. He's got Daredevil in his grasp. He should be able to kill him real easily. And uh, you see Daredevil trying to kick him and his hand going through the skull. I thought that was an interesting effect.
1: I see it. That's very bizarre.
0: Yeah, and the coloring on it, I think, is what what makes it look. I, I I don't know that Burns Anatomy or or just gets cut off because he's going through a head, but the anatomy doesn't necessarily look right. But the coloring that was done on how it went light when he went through the skull, kind of saves it. But that's just my opinion.
2: No, it gets the the. We'll say the the inking in this is a little thinner. The lines are thinner. It's a little a little crisper. it's, it's not. Terry Austin thin and detailed, but it's not as as heavy as the previous issue, which I think I like that better than in this one. This one seems almost... Um, well, you, there are panels in here that almost looks like it's been... Maybe it was Rush, maybe Burn just didn't have time. He did he did rough layouts and let the inker finish them.
0: Well, yeah, I think Don Perlin's inks are heavy-handed in a different way that he's almost redrawing things. Um, right. Cause, so you I know, they I if it just was don't look as layouts. Burn-like as... Especially Daredevil, you know, in his head-on or profile images, it looks like he redrew redrew those completely.
1: Yeah, I mean, you inking in the last issue. What in the Daredevil? What's that? Who did the inking in the Daredevil issue? Uh,
0: that was Jim Mooney.
1: Jim Mooney. Okay, the, I'm seeing a real difference here. Yeah. The, especially the blacks spotted on Daredevil's costume. It reminds me a great deal of Wally Wood.
0: Huh, I was thinking Gene Colan, but uh, okay. But no, I can I can see what you're talking about. Um, I do like the one image on page ten of Johnny switching back to Johnny Blaze, and so you get that kind of half skull, half face look to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. and Burma's doing it pretty good in the previous issue. On I will say this on page seven, you in the top left panel, you get an idea of the this transparent flesh on the horse that you were talking about, Kirk, because you can see yeah. the outline. You can see the mane. You can see the body of it. So instead of drawing it as a skeleton, he kind of he's kind of drawing it's it. It's almost like flame, like kind of feral right? Like some kind of ferial body filling it in. Because um, you see its ears on page six. It's interesting.
0: I, you know, it's funny. I think this is the case where Marv Wolfman didn't yeah. really understand the horse and how it works, so he didn't even talk about it in anything that he wrote, and so it was just basically up to Byrne to illustrate it. For you to figure out, but yeah, no. Based on Kirk's description of it, that's what's going on. And also on the the bottom of page seven, when you see Ghost Rider's bike, doesn't that look like the Legion of Doom's headquarters from the old Super Friends cartoon, *Challenge of the Super Friends*? Yeah, a little kind bit. of odd Darth Vader almost kind of looked to it. <laughs>
2: yeah. And th- on that same panel is an example of some of the dialogue where he calls him a slimy polecat, and <laughs> that's not the kind of Dialogue that Johnny Blaze was using. He calls him critters at one point, and uh, I think some else in, the, in it. Um, that's when he basically runs off after him. Daredevil says, "No, no, let's take care of Karen. and He's like, "No, you know, you do that. I'm going to go after the bad guy." And he runs after him.
0: But he's as Ghost Rider when he's talking like that, right? So I think it's the influence of the of the Ghost Rider. You know, of, well, I forget what the demon's name. Um, it, but it's the influence yeah, of that that, that does that to him makes him speak that way
2: right he refers himself in third person mm-hmm. um uh, Daredevil does on page six do a topical reference where he say, says that this head's not catfish hunter <laughs> um, after he throws him a ghostwriter yeah and for our younger listeners that is uh, i think he was a pitcher yes but, in the but
0: okay so then i gotta ask a question um he says his costume was sewn from boomerang cloth. <laughs> boomerang cloth? Because well, he's, he's coming joking. back. I, 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 yeah, yeah, he's joking, right? Or is Crocodile Dundee going to come up any minute and go, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, so,
2: knowing what we know, we know that this is Deathstalker, because the cover's giving that away. Is he somehow able to create the illusion that he's Death's head? Because I know he he, he can't help it. He, he fades back into his dimension every so often, right? He can't help that. That's why he wants Karen Page's father's notes research, yeah. so he can bring himself into our dimension permanently.
1: Hmm. I, That's the MacGuffin. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know, if you go to page eleven and you look at Karen Page sitting there talking to everybody she almost reminds me of Bill Willingham's Dungeons and dragons characters from those ads that he did in the 80s the early 80s do you know what I'm talking about in the in oh. the yeah I know the, in ad. the yeah in know. the comic books there would actually be full page ads that would be a, a short comic strip of a dungeon uh, trawling group uh, going through whatever and they you know different characters there's there was actual storyline to go on they had like six or seven different strips and while the first couple strips were drawn by someone that didn't actually draw, more uh, yeah. stick figure kind of looks and you know, just very rudimentary, Bill Willingham came in and this is before Elementals and before a lot of his other work uh, came in and did uh, did the the layouts and it was really actually pretty decent stuff. But uh, that's what she looks like. There she looks like one of the characters from that. I almost expect to see some guy carrying a go Saren is hurt. And anybody that's read those knows what I'm talking about.
2: Well, her face looks a little unfinished. I mean, or Long. it
0: looks—it
2: doesn't look burn yeah. like. It looks like again. I—I'm—I'm I'm really wondering if he did rough layouts and let the inker fill in the 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 gaps because, or the inker is really, to your point, having a heavy hand at changing some of this artwork.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. I'm looking at, like, Don Perlin's body of work around. This time he was working in Werewolf by Night um, as uh, as the main artist, penciler artist.
2: Uh, that may explain why. Uh, in some of those early Werewolf by Nights, Sarah works a little... After Mike Peluga left, it, it gets a little rough. Um,
0: and he, he was inker on Ghost Rider for a long time, a couple years. And I was right. He was the artist on um, Defenders for a while with Joe Sinnott doing the inking in a lot, of the, a lot of those books. I thought like Val Merrick was also doing inking on it, but I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah. So you kind of get an epilogue to Daredevil's situation with Karen before we even get to the end of the story here. We're on page 11, and they're having a very um, meaningful mm-hmm. conversation with each other. We're basically, I love you, but I'm not in love with you.
2: Yeah, it's a... It's a Tinder it's goodbye. It's not
1: that, you, it's me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Love the inking on Daredevil. And the, especially the the next to last panel on the 11 here.
0: Oh, where he's all in, in relief?
1: Silhouette, yeah. yeah I kind of get yeah, the idea, though, looks... that
0: the, the Daredevil's horns, that, and I'm, I'm thinking it's more the inker doing them. I, I don't know. Because the way that, that Burn's doing them, they don't look. Like, they're pointing right. If I mean, in the whole book, they look to be a little off.
1: Is that just me? I think it's the influence of the, the anchor. Could be.
0: But, yeah. I'd...
2: Yeah, because sometimes they, they appear to be pointing more forward and in that one. That's still what they look like. They're pointing off to the sides.
0: Yeah, but it's not like they're pointing in the the opposite directions. It's like they're pointing in different directions, like, you know, like a, a bad boob job.
1: or. You know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Know. I don't know. I don't have that much experience with either horns or a bad <laughs> okay. boot.
0: <bougie>. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that's all. That's all right. Anyway, um, we uh, we we the, the next page, a uh, page 14, is Matt and and um, Karen wrapping up that conversation, and then the bottom page has got a really interesting overhead view of Johnny on his bike coming in. And I really like that, just that tiny image of, the, of him on the bike coming in, and then the next image, the last image on that page is him talking to Daredevil. Again, Daredevil is that that is the way this shadow is done on Daredevil. The, the black highlights, I guess you would say, look really cool. That's that's a very well inked page, yeah. uh, you know, very well inked image.
2: Except Johnny Blaze looks like Banshee.
1: I was going to say that. He does. That is what he does. like. He does look like
0: Banshee. And once again, if you look down, this is the first time that Byrne is forced to draw uh, the lower part of the torso. And you can see that he just doesn't have the anatomy down. You see what I'm talking about where the legs meet the body?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's just how his art was back in the day. The next page looks almost cartoony. And that's Johnny meeting up and talking to Roxanne again, Roxy. And now I got that guy from Mannequin going, Roxy, you look foxy. <laughs> I watched that movie again this well, week. Well
2: this was this was going through the Ghost Rider books that he's kind of a he sees himself as kind of a sad sack and he thinks, Why are you with me? You know, I'm you know, I'm a loser. You know, you need to find somebody nicer. Uh, so he's always struggling, kind of a Spider
0: Man like Yeah, but the, the end of this page works out really, really well for Johnny. Because yeah. Roxy's like Come. It's in Come to me, yes. Johnny. Please yeah. come to me now. <laughs> and then the next page is, let us take leave of Johnny Blaze and Roxanne Simpson for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, Johnny does get lucky.
1: Now, the uh, upper right corner of that page, Johnny's going up the steps. Yeah. You see the lettering. What does that spell? Hospital. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, it is kind of interesting
0: because you can see that, that some zip was used on whatever the yeah. sign is sitting on. It is just like. That's so weird and extraneous. Why didn't you just do the black background under it? But
2: I think that is supposed to be uh, like a header. He's walking under that. It's a close-up of the sign yeah. that says hospital, and he's walking underneath it. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, I got it. It's not giant letters. I got it. No. Oh, okay, understood.
0: I'm gonna take a look at it in the.
3: Uh,
2: On page 16, I, I I I like the dialogue between Matt and uh, Karen about how safe central park is now
1: mm-hmm.
0: and,
2: and i don't know if that's a re-reflect the times as 76 central park becomes safer 76,
0: 76 I, I i think it was a good 10 years before it really got safer but i mean i could be yeah. wrong I, I didn't live in new york i just remember hearing about it mm, excuse me now it was really hard to tell at first i thought matt was wearing a turtleneck on, on the top of page 16 he's wearing that herringbone jacket i guess is what that is and then it looked like a turtleneck at first but down in the bottom left panel you can actually see him doing a, almost a superman kind of shirt rip to get that off to change yeah. into daredevil and he changes the daredevil really really fast uh smasher basically intrudes upon matt and karen and starts trying to run off with karen Knocking Matt down, and then Matt changes into Daredevil and just jumps on him in a—I forget what they call that move where you wrap your legs around. Well, we'll call it the Black Widow move because she <laughs> wraps his—he wraps his legs around his neck and and torso—and then he just starts pounding on the skull of the guy from behind. But Smasher is just so strong that um, he gives—I mean—he gives Daredevil a pretty hard time. But Daredevil does on the next page. Acrobatically flip around, hit him in the gut, and then do a Captain Kirk roll uh, throw with him. And
2: uh, yeah, when he when he when he punches him, I couldn't tell if that I, I'm sure it's meant to be his gut. The way it's drawn, it looks like it could be somewhere a little more sensitive. The way he's
0: kicking. Yeah, it. well, it, it, it's important to note though that at the point where Matt is fighting him and this is going on, Death's Head has come into. The, the the situation, and wants Daredevil for himself. And he's mad uh, as, oh, and, and and here we actually get explanation. You know, you forced Death's head to enter this battle, Daredevil. You have forced me to use my full power on you. Observe as I remove the bandages from my hand. So apparently it was the bandages that prevented him from killing him last issue. Uh, right. ah. So there you go. And uh, the, the Smasher just wants to clobber Daredevil alone. Daredevil winds up doing the Captain Kirk role and throwing him into uh, Death's head. And Deathhead's head's a fool. I said, I would end this fight. And then he uh, touches. And he does. He touches Smasher ah, yeah. and kills him on the spot. I mean, I'm hurting hurting real bad. What'd you do to me? I can't fight. <laughs> I can, you've killed him. The Smasher died from your touch. And, and he's, uh, that's what he
2: gets for uh, wearing a costume exposes his chest and his arms
0: yep yep i guess maybe also not wearing his costume made of boomerang skin that (laughs) sorry
2: yeah i don't know if that helps Uh, or not i don't know um but uh i know these gloves are from reading up on on death apparently he stole the plans from aim to make these death gloves or whatever he calls them And he created those. That's what he uses to kill people with. But
0: he wound up getting stranded in another dimension. Well, that was before. That was before. He apparently... No, um, right here. He's actually stranded in another dimension, and he can just bring himself into it to affect reality.
2: Yeah, he can barely bring himself out. Apparently, Matt, when this guy was called the Executioner, and he was a human, and he was at his secret base, and Matt set off an explosion, and it hoping that the explosion he could fake his own death because I guess he didn't want to be Daredevil anymore. This is like Daredevil 58, 59, mm-hmm. something like that.
1: Oh, the Exterminator. And, yes, about yeah. 41. Issue 41. Yeah. yeah, and, but what the explosion did
2: was it irradiated this guy and he became trapped in this other dimension. He slowly found his way back and that's how he became Deathstalker because he could kind of fade in and out in other dimension.
0: So, yeah, very interesting power. Of course, also very vicious and deadly. Um, I've always had a problem with super, super villains or characters that could insta-kill, you know, because then it always makes it a contrivance on how the superhero is able to battle them without dying in any one of those moments, you know. But they've tried to explain it well, a little bit. But, yeah. you know, Daredevil doesn't seem to have any lasting effects to what happened to his shoulder earlier. And then...
2: Well, I think it's because it, came, it was through the bandages, as you say. Yeah. That's why.
0: Yeah. And then... The uh, <laughs> the Death's Head does his transformation into Deathstalker, and it makes me think of those Silver Age Batman stories where he'd be dressed as Matches Malone or you know one of the <laughs> other characters, and all of a sudden pull off the costume, and oh, bat ears pop out, and, <laughs> and his cape and everything, and he's so much bigger than the character that he was just pretending to be. Always oh, killed me, and here he is, Deathstalker, that costume, that hat that cape and everything just way volumes larger than what you saw from Death's head.
2: Well, I think that Death's head was a, was possibly, I don't know if it was it. But although if he took the bandages right. off, that was a physical Yeah,
0: physical thing. thing
2: so it wasn't an illusion.
0: So yeah, it, it it begs the question how he did it. Hopefully, you know, someone one of our listeners maybe Nigel or somebody is going to listen to this and go, "Guys, guys, let me give you a lesson. In fact, if you want to record it on audio, we'll throw it in here right now."
3: hi guys um uh this is edgar and i'm new here uh just wanted to tell you a little bit about uh Deathstalker. originally he was a villain known as the exterminator um his secret identity if it was such a thing was philip starling and uh through battling with daredevil he uh, wound up getting transferred to another dimension and it's that dimension he comes from uh, as Stalker now uh, he's stuck there and can only make his present here uh, for so many hours a day now he also developed some weapons as the exterminator he developed a weapon called the time Displacer ray which he would hit people with and they would disappear uh, people thought they were being killed but it was actually just sending them to another dimension for a while then they would come back but then he also developed his pair of cybernetic death grip devices which he wore underneath his gloves now This is what he used against Daredevil. And he has to be in solid form to touch his victim to bombard them with microwaves, effectively killing them instantly. But in this story that you saw, he had those bandages there. They may have prevented direct contact with Daredevil in order to kill him. That's it. Bye.
2: So (laughs) maybe he popped back into his dimensions, changed clothes, and popped back.
0: Thank you for that explanation, by the way, whoever sent it. Uh... (laughs) But uh, I like, you know, the the positioning of Daredevil's head down in the bottom left-hand two panels, because you get the one where you see him in, in regular color, and then you get him in relief from the flash of Death's head turning into Deathstalker. Now, is that? Uh, I mean, if you look at Deathstalker's hand, it looks like light is almost pouring out of his hand downward, like like sugar. Do you, you see what I'm talking about? I couldn't
2: tell if that, or it's almost like he's grabbing something. Yeah. Like he's
0: holding... Yeah, lifting up a rope or something, but it's...
2: Yeah, I don't know what... What
0: page are are you on? Uh, 22. 22? At the bottom of page 22. He's just killed Smasher, and now he's revealing himself to Daredevil.
1: Oh, those are the horse's reins. Oh. The sugar. sugar. Yep, 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 yep. There you go. Yeah. But then, in the next page, the horse is gone. That's right. They've always tended to have a problem with that. In his initial appearance, just all of a sudden the horse vanishes... Is out of the story. Only there when they had to explain in the word balloon, you know. Oh well, the horse died as a result of the chemicals that rendered his flesh transparent. That's where we got that explanation from. Uh, It was probably an oversight on the part of Gene Colan who drew the original story.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, so the next page is a lot of exposition. I mean, this is a lot of exposition. Basically, Karen saying the same thing. I didn't know anything. He never talked about it ever for the seventh time. And he's like, that's a lie. You have knowledge that we implanted, that he implanted, and knowledge in your mind. So uh, apparently, she's got like some post hypnotic suggestion that she's just not aware of.
1: I wonder if that's ever revisited. It must be somewhere. Hmm. We'll have to go through the history. I mean, it's apparently. clearly a plot point.
2: Yeah, because I don't know who told him. Who told Deathstalker that she had this information, either subconscious yep. or not? yeah, And Daredevil does a good job of basically not being touched.
0: Yep. And then here comes Johnny Blaze to help out on page 26. And, you know, Johnny's powers being magically based uh, gives him, I guess, some freedom from certain things. The, the Deathstalker... Uh, on page twenty-seven, just grabs him by the skull, and of course, I'm thinking a big trouble, little China, seven-foot-tall bald man grabs you by your favorite head <laughs> and asks you if you have paid your dues. What do you tell him? You tell him what old Jack Burton says: "Yes, sir, the check is in the mail." And yeah, I had a lot of caffeine this morning, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he grabs uh, he grabs him, and uh, he does not die because he is no mere mortal to wither at your touch. And uh, that pretty much does, doesn't that scare him off, and he's got to a l- a retreat to learn why he failed.
2: Yeah, he's a little he's a little uh, perplexed because in the past it's always it's always meant death.
0: But before he can retreat, Daredevil and Johnny just kind of trap him up, and uh, Johnny basically engulfs uh, Deathstalker in his flames, and this is on page thirty, and the the image itself is. I don't know if it's the inking or the coloring or whatever, but it's it's uh, you can see a hand coming out of it like someone's in pain and a hand to the right, but it's it's hard to understand what you know what's going on with the image itself. Do you think that's a problem or if that's just you know adequate to the the what's supposed to be happening in the image with all the fire and everything?
1: He's also transporting a thing.
0: Yeah, he, he and he does he does yeah, transport he's, out he's... by the end of the.
1: Yeah, it seems like he's he's just left
2: his 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 cloak or his clothing, and that's what's burned because Daredevil says he's he's done it before, so he knows he will. Uh, he says he's willing to believe that he's. You know, I'm not willing to believe he's gone forever, and then he. So he knows he'll be coming back, but. And then it's basically Johnny Blaze. That on top of page thirty-one, where he's changing back, looks a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's got his head tilted, and he's kind of he looks
0: like vi- losing van- his It looks flame. like Vanilla
2: Ice. <laughs> I was thinking Sting, mm-hmm.
0: But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sting, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from Dune, from um, Dune, yeah, from yeah, Dune. There you yeah, go.
2: Yeah.
0: It's the pose. that's Vanilla Ice. Um, but yeah,
2: well, and Johnny's uses his. It's is basically his his ghostwriter sense again. He's like, well, I'm changing back, so he must be gone. You know that's his that's his barometer uh, for up. Oh, bad guys are gone because I'm changing back. Yeah, uh, and then takes Karen off and basically at least Daredevil find his own way home.
0: Well, come on, it's Daredevil, he's good. Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting. He says next issue enter the Gladiator. I always saw Gladiator is a Daredevil villain.
2: Yeah, yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but again, maybe they're, they're trying to do that cross pollinization to to help booster one book over another book
1: take care partner may your horns never wilt oh <laughs> yeah again that's i that's the only
2: questionable part of this i have is, is uh johnny blaze's dialogue is a little hammy um but on all it was a good uh, other than the fact that this artwork just seems to be several levels below what the uh, previous issue was um it was an enjoyable story. I thought Deathstalk was kind of... It makes me want to go and find these older issues and read up on him and Deathhead. head.
0: I, I don't know if I could go through it if Wolfman is doing the writing. I I just I mean, again, I like Wolfman's later writings. I, I really do. But, I mean, there was even dialogue in here. That I'm just like, what the heck? Um, I think it was in the first book... Where Death's Head does a, a a a bit of dialogue that was cheesy and over the top, but it was also like, where did this come from? I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time finding it though, so I'm not going to worry about it right now. But I was just like, I, I, again, it's it is from the earlier age. It's, it's right there, in mid seventies. The books were at that point, you know, they knew that college students were reading them, so they were giving them more mature. Things we saw that and certain things in Johnny Blaze's relationship there, but they're still writing it yeah. for kids, and you can see that. And so there's a lot of little leaps in logic and such. So you know, I, I, I forgive it for all that. I still enjoyed it. I'm glad I finally got around to to reading. It. I just kind of wish that that uh, Marv had used a little bit more brevity and not tried to fill in every panel with as much
1: dialogue as he could. I'm uh, I'm flipping through my Marvel Masterworks volume. Uh, if you're really interested in looking up uh, Ghost Rider, not sorry, uh, Death's Head, he shows up in Daredevil 56, 57, and then in 58, Stuntmaster shows up. That's weird that they, that Stuntmaster is a Daredevil villain, because he seems
2: so perfect for Ghost Rider, because it's all motorcycle and I based. think they
0: kept him over to that book, or at least you know kept him in that, because he went through a different arc and was redeeming himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what, what confused me when I first started reading this, because I thought, wait a minute, Ghost Rider and Stuntmaster are kind of friends yeah. that I, as you read on, you find out he was manipulated. Now,
0: but- in Daredevil Land, um, let me see here. I'm trying to find when it happened. Uh, yeah. Um, Daredevil 158... Uh, holds the distinction of being the first uh, issue of uh, Miller. Frank Miller uh, doing the artwork. Roger McKenzie was writing the book at the time, and uh, it wouldn't be long after that uh, Miller would get him chased off, so Miller could take over the writing. But uh, in that issue, that was uh, again the the first teaming of uh, Klaus Janson and Frank Miller, uh, with Miller as the regular penciler and. Uh, Daredevil would fight Deathstalker in a uh, cemetery and uh, while they're fighting Deathstalker goes through a uh, a um, gravestone and solidifies as he is mid midway through it and it killed him right there on the spot and his body's still like halfway in halfway out so it's not like Kitty it Pryde yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not like Kitty Pryde who can sit there and solidify within something and she just can't move or like she did with Modok, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's how Deathstalker died, and um, you, you know, again, you never see him again as a result of that. That was the end of Deathstalker, at least as far as I know. I don't know if they brought him back or something. Yes, that's team. right.
1: They were Everybody's basically sweeping the the chessboard clean.
0: Yeah, because after well, after this point, you know, Miller and Mackenzie they took Daredevil in a very street level. Realm. So he didn't fight v- villains like the Beetle or, or, or others that were more techy and 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 seemed to be higher level one, you know, ones that you'd see fighting the Avengers.
2: Who uh, who inked Miller on his two spectacular Spider-Man issues? Uh-oh. Where it's Spidey and Daredevil up against the. Spidey gets blinded by. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm taking a look here. Can't think of the guys.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the bad guy's that name. Was,
0: what? Twenty seven and twenty eight, or twenty six and twenty seven,
2: or 28, 29, something Let's around see. those.
0: Okay, so uh, spectacular Spider-Man twenty seven was inked by Frank Springer, and mm. I think think the oh, other one. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because. Uh, if anybody's read that, and I'm sure a lot of people have read that, um, uh, Spidey gets blinded, and he has to rely upon Daredevil to help him get a handle on things. And using his spider sense, um, along with what Daredevil helps him with, he gets more effectively just as good a radar as Daredevil does. Unfortunately, his vision comes back before he really dives into it, and so he kind of lets that go. But
2: well, yeah, But he realizes that he could... He could continue as Spider-Man as blind. Yeah. It's funny he, can, you know, he comes to the realization that with his spider sense, he could basically be as effective as Daredevil. Because at that point, I don't think he knows Matt Murdock is no, Daredevil. No, they I don't, they don't know who each and other. They don't know he's blind. Yeah. yeah. So it, the idea that like, you know, it's oh, how can that? How can I be a blind superhero when he's working right next to a blind superhero? So it's that. Uh, well, according to wiki a second female death stalker appeared after uh the original death stalker's death she seems to have the same powers and mo but that's all they they don't have any more information about her hmm so
0: well i mean that's i guess that's that do you guys have any last fleeting thoughts about these two issues nope
2: it was a lot of fun I'm glad you suggested them. I, you know, it's kind of a blind spot. This was a lot of fun. These they two were books
0: I'd always wanted good to artwork. read. Pretty good story. Yeah, they were books I always wanted to read. Um, I love the the era uh, for just all the, the the fun stuff that happens. You know, uh, in there the the crazy team ups. Uh, I like looking at Burns' early work, um, though. I find that I'm. Uh, I don't want to say more critical of it. It's not necessarily his work that I'm critical of. It's, uh, I wind up being critical of the anchors and even the writers of the day. Obviously, I've been very critical of Marv Wolfman. Again, I love Marv Wolfman's writing for the most part. I just thought that he was you know, doing his best Chris Claremont here in filling up every, every gap there with, with dialogue when it wasn't needed. But, hey, still, that was fun. What do you guys think? We'd like to know what you think. And in fact, we've heard from some people uh, not too long ago or maybe a while ago. Tim, do you have those uh, those emails or do I need to pull them up?
1: I can pull them up if you let me. Sure. Take a moment. Quick. and um, In the meantime, if you want to write us, you can contact us at gottagetburned at gmail.com that, or Facebook or where else can we reach out? Uh, what used to be known
0: as iTunes, which is now Apple Podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Third Degree Burn, obviously. And uh, if you give us a five-star review, uh, it, it will sit there and say, really, someone liked this that much? So let's let more people be aware of it. And it will show our podcast to other people who probably haven't heard of us before. So, uh, yeah, go, yeah, if you go out there and give a five-star review, it really, really helps us.
2: Yep. All right, I've got, we've got two emails. One from Jack Bond and one from our... Uh, Correspondent in the field. Our, our good friend, our good friend Nigel Spink, who has been on the show a few times and I'm sure will return in the future. Uh, Jack Bond is entitled A Witch for the Burning. Uh, when your episode said Big Bad Scary Burn Story, so this is a reference to our Halloween issues, or episode we did, my mind went to Alpha Flight number 19. The Great Beasts are up there with the Elder Gods as far as taking over our reality, and this may have been one of the first images I saw of the full face of teeth that has become a horror icon. I believe you have mentioned this, Kirk, when we brought this up. Yep. Uh, there was an issue of the thing Burn drew with a werewolf and Frankenstein monsters, but not particularly scary. It was only after these that I remember Baron Blood. My mind, uh, maybe my mind shies away from the horror, definitely in the case of FF276. Reed is stretching down into the pit for Sue and two demonic hands come out from the wall to grab his arms high and low and the next panel is Reed's face and the sound effect of Snap, which when I first read it, put me in the mind of a rubber band that had been stretched too far. Final favorite I'll throw, Avengers 187. The scene on the cover is even worse, as in better,
1: in the book.
0: I'm trying to think what
1: that is. I don't know. Probably uh, the Scarlet Witch with them Suspended Upside Down. Oh, yeah, Mount Wondegore. Okay,
2: that's what I was thinking. That's why his title is The Witch for Burning.
1: Uh,
2: Well, thanks, Jack. I always appreciate anybody writing in. It means people are actually listening to the show.
0: Jack, we want to hear more from you. Yep. Uh,
2: And our other one, this is a a lengthy one from Nigel, but Nigel likes to write, which is good. Uh, This is uh, in reference to Elswin number 29 and 30, our second to the last Elswin stories we did. Hi, Brian, Tim, John, Kirk, and David. Here are a few of my thoughts and views after listening to the latest podcast on X-Men Elswin. Episode 29 starts a few minutes earlier than, than we were 20, when 28 finished, and we see the Phoenix entity inside the cop, and it wants Jean's body again. Must have seen her in the mirror and thought, oh, my God, I look awful <laughs> as this guy. Yeah. Uh, takes over Jean's mother, starts burning up too quickly. I like the sequence where Mac and Heather find Logan in the, w- in the wild, in the panel where Logan appears to be popping his claws whilst bending his wrist back, which led to a quick discussion from the group about how this was poss- impossible. Mm-hmm. I think this action was not supposed to be uh, happening at all at the same time. What if he popped his claws before immediately flicking back his wrist, which would line up right. with what we actually see in the picture. However, because the sound effect snicked is also added, it appears all the action is happening at once, when in fact the clause extended a second before Logan bent his wrist back. What do you think?
0: You're probably right.
2: What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love the art in the Wolverine's first mission flashback, taking on the Hulk and the Wendigo. I like the way Byrne also covered the, the meeting with Professor X and decides, and decides to join the X-Men. Nice to see Jean slash Phoenix did not kill her mother, although the way she threw her into the trash
0: cans would have
2: done her any favors. Well, it
0: didn't kill Knox Uh, and Batman, so why would that have killed her? True. Uh, Uh,
2: Poor Kirk is still having it rough. Being chased by Dr. Doom robots, this plot thread is the most exciting for me at the moment, however, and couldn't wait for the next installment. Episode 30. Um, And Jean is all over Scott, lucky guy. However, she's playing hard to get, so Gene whisks him off to her house. Uh-oh, what house? With storm Pursuit. Great action pages as the, robot chase, as the robots chase Kurt through New York. A fabulous panel where Dr. Doom observes Nightcrawler on the monitor screens. Those backgrounds of the city are superb. Reed. Yep. Gene Phoenix recreates her home from the ashes. Uh, we <laughs> uh, see what I did there. Yep. <laughs> and invites everyone for tea, just like the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. This whole thing is getting very Alice in Wonderland. Actually, Tim, I made an observation about Jean uh, slash Phoenix's character, which I had not noticed first time I read this. How she first acts like a child, then later with Scott acts more like a lovesick teenager and then becomes more like a young woman, newly married, inviting the X-Men to her home. The Phoenix entity has risen and started again from its last incarnation and is once more growing to its full potential, but maybe Jean will be able to control the power more this time as she has not been able not being confused and manipulated as she was through by Mastermind. Have to agree with Kirk uh, that the map shown on Cerebro looks like central London and the way that the Thames weaves through the city at this point. I'm sure Byrne intended that way. Finally, the last six pages were actually were all last six pages were action all the way dooms robots catch nightcrawler but it's human torch the rescue as a fantastic four end of the story and things are hotter are hot heating i think he meant heating but it's hotting up for a potential battle by the way i prefer burns rendition of the thing here to the way he had started to draw him uh, on the ff's own mag not much more to go for now unfortunately still some great artwork uh to come though nigel well, thank you, yeah, Nigel. Thanks. Very
0: thoughtful yes, letter. Yes, it was, it was uh, and I agree with most of your points sir. I can't say I really disagree. I, I, yeah. I too, I just think... was, like, really intrigued to see where the Doctor Doom story was going to go. And I'm, I'm just, like, uh, so unhappy that he, at this point, is when he got into the doldrums and wouldn't continue on with the story. Now, as I understand, he does have a number of pages done. And he planned on releasing him to us, but for some reason he hasn't done that yet.
2: Uh, I think I think we'll get more. I mean, to Nigel's point, and then I think we brought it up in our show was it? It's that Doom storyline is just really starting to get going, Mm -hmm. and that he he just pulls the rug on it. So um, I was not really we weren't at least I think we all agreed we weren't as interested in the in the Phoenix stuff that had been kind of played out, but the Doom stuff with the FF and Magneto was. I thought something could be going somewhere really interesting. So I'm hoping he does revisit that.
0: Yeah, now, as far as the Phoenix thing goes, as is, is I was understanding as I was reading it, what we were seeing there wasn't even uh, Phoenix, but it was the Gene Avatar that had been left over after the Phoenix kind of went away. And it ha- had a spark of that Phoenix power. But that Phoenix power constantly grows. Now, at some point, it's going to hunger. And so, therefore, she's going to, you know, want to consume something like Phoenix did—the star, the Debari star. Mm-hmm. Oh, and for those that have seen Quantum Mania, I don't believe that's Debari because it's not asparagus; it's broccoli. <laughs> I don't think I gave away anything. Okay.
2: Spoiled the whole yeah. movie.
0: <laughs> don't think so. Anyway, uh, no, that, that, but uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts there. I could be wrong. I, it's just where I see it, it going. I think the Phoenix entity itself is still out there somewhere, but this, this isn't the Phoenix entity. This is just the avatar that happens to have some Phoenix power that is growing, though. I could be wrong, though.
2: He, well, he he could just drop it. You know, you don't know. He could just you know, and if he put it in the back burner, I wouldn't bother me at all, and just focused on <laughs> it, the the Doom Magneto FF well, yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: is the Kitty story that he says really kind of pushed the doldrums on him because he just. I guess, you know, he, he was having that. He says he always knows the ends of his stories is what he does. And so you, you've got to start somewhere to get you to that other point. So you've got your A, you've got your B. It's the A and a half that's causing him trouble. And uh, with with the, with the Kitty story especially. I think with the Phoenix story, he probably was running into that because he wanted to create a a revolving situation where Phoenix could keep coming back and be the I don't know. You want to call it the villain, but the opponent or the uh, the the
1: primary
0: antagonist.
2: Um, antagonist. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: Yep. Anyway, that's that's all I've got right now. You guys got anything else you want to bring up before we go?
2: Nope. No, I think um, I think we're good. I'm gonna I want to I wanna thank everybody for listening this long. Uh, always thank you for downloading, supporting us, uh, for writing in especially to Jack and Nigel uh, anybody else wants to reach out to us Facebook or email are good ways to get mm-hmm. to us um, and just let us know because you know we we kind of play it by ear when we pick our books yeah. we don't know what we're gonna do what next. we're gonna do next we don't ha- we don't have a long-term <laughs> yeah. plan so it, that that keeps it keeps it I think it keeps the show a little fresh yeah. and it uh, we don't feel so tied into one I thing. I want to
0: change subjects for just one second and ask you guys have you watched the first episode of Picard no I have. Did it give you some great feels along the way? I mean, I I got Khan feels, I got next gen feels. It, uh, I was impressed by it.
2: I got it's 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 a it's a definitely a step in the right direction compared to season one. Yes, and
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: It's definitely a big course correction. Mm-hmm. So I will give it and that. Is, I don't want to spoil is anything. He says the
0: final but, season.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think he's. I'm surprised he did three seasons.
0: There's so much to some final oh. season now. Flash is on its final season, and the writing is so bad. It's so bad. But my family watches it. I kind of dropped off on that. I haven't watched it. We we dropped off all the other shows, but we kept with The Flash. Um, The trailer for The Flash that dropped this last uh, week, though, is really, really interesting. Regardless of what Ezra Miller has done in in real life, um, what I'm hearing about this movie, from those that have actually seen it, they say it is one of the finest superhero movies ever made. Though, watching the trailer, it kind of had a uh, Spider-Man no way home feel to it where flash is wanting to change time the flashpoint you know and batman is the doctor strange of this one trying to advise him no no you don't want to do that you know but you know flash uh, unfortunately breaks the universe as he says in the in the trailer so uh look what do we know if
2: based on flashpoint is is michael keaton playing bruce wayne or thomas wayne
0: no he's playing batman 89 He's playing that Batman. Okay, he's so he's Bruce playing, he's Bruce playing Glenn, that yeah. Batman. Okay. And Ben Affleck is going to have, it a, a, looks like a decent role in there as his Batman, but there may be a third one in there. And no, yeah. not Christian Bale. Yeah,
2: and that, oh, that's what I'd heard rumors that there was Christian no. Bale, possibly. No.
0: No, because that, that one was so separated from it all. Um, but no, it's not Christian Bale. Uh,
1: it's stinked. <laughs>
0: we'll see. But we'll see. I think it's going to be the next. Um, the, the, the new the batman um, which he, his uh, you know gun would like you know that batman to be significantly younger like he wants a superman to be 25 so he's going to want uh, this batman but this batman is going to have to be old enough to have had damien as a son because uh, the first thing he's doing i think is called the brave and the bold is going to be about him and damien so i, I don't know if it's going to be that young
2: yeah i don't i don't know is uh Is The Flash the only Berlanti show
0: still on the air? Well, I mean, you've got Superman and Lois, um, but it seemed to have been pushed off into its own little niche, so it's not even in the same universe as The Flash.
2: But Green Arrow's gone, and Legends of Tomorrow's gone. Legends of
0: Tomorrow's coming back on another network, though. Uh And I don't know if it's going to still be a Berlanti-type thing or if they're going to do it as something else. But, uh, yeah, they're bringing Legends back.
2: What about in Star Girl in that universe? third season
0: was the last season because because okay, they, so they saw, saw the writing too. on the wall so they wanted to wrap things up.
2: Okay.
0: Yep, yep, yep. But I, th- I think I think the 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 ratings were dropping on all of the Berlanti shows. Uh, not Superman Lois. It was it was getting better ratings, improving ratings. But I think the ratings were dropping on all the other ones, and part of that was you know the writing. Part of it was superhero fatigue. We hear you, Kirk. We hear the bell. <laughs> We're ready to drop. I'm just giving a few last thoughts here, but yeah, the um, the uh, the other shows were the, the ratings were going down. The, the, the lead writers on the shows that had been on there previous years were all off of it, and they were on you know other writers, and yeah. they're just not writing the characters as well as they were before. I mean, Legends of Tomorrow's was always kind of like a, almost like a Bob Haney kind of thing. It was very wacky and and goofy yeah, at times. Weird. Um, so it, it gathered its own following, and those were not the people that were watching Arrow or The Flash. And Supergirl went its like social justice warrior way, and that uh, you know chased away a lot of male viewers. So it it, it it will be interesting to see what they come out with in TV next. The only thing I know that they're coming out with for sure is going to be Peacemaker season two. And,
2: yeah, but that's not connected to any of the any of the blank but, stuff,
0: right? And then I and then yeah, there's right. an Amanda Waller series that they're going to do with Viola Davis, and yeah, i heard so that. So I'm looking forward to that, but I don't know of anything else that they're going to do TV wise. But but I guess we'll see. Uh, oh yeah, there's this new Gotham Night show which I had really have very little interest in watching because Batman's dead. <laughs> now we do get one more season oh. of Titans also. So we're on the final season of that coming out sometime, sometime soon.
2: And everything's, everything's wrapping up. And speaking of wrapping up, yep. Uh, <laughs> awkward transition. Um, yeah, I think we've said what we have for this. I think, uh, we thanked everybody. I think, um, I want to thank Kirk as always, Brian, as always for coming on, shame, John and Davey couldn't join us, but until, until the next episode, uh, for Third Degree Burn, I am Tim Elliott.
1: I'm Kurt Greenfield. I'm Brian
2: Hughes. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number 3 R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E B-Y-R-N-E and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn spelled with the number 3 and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com That's G-O-T-T-A G-E-T B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn.
3: Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated
0: with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.